0: Damon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his envy. Episode 34. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His Envy. Uh, we're so excited to be bringing you another episode of all of our thoughts of everything that happened on Bravo. Cannot wait get, to get into that. Um, but first, like I said, thank you so much for listening, whether you, whether you do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, across the board. Be sure to leave a rating or review, uh, it helps us get into the algorithm and get seen by more and more people. Um, we encourage you to also follow us on social media. Uh, that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at A Gay and His nb. Go check us out on there. Uh, go buy our merchandise. Uh, you can get it at com. Buy a shirt, mug, various other products. Uh, they are good prices, good quality, and some really fun designs. So be sure to go check that out. And also, if you have a question for us that you want us to answer here on the podcast, you can submit that to us across our social media or by email at agayinismb at gmail.com. And we may answer it on the future episode of the podcast. Babe, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's our Housewives edition episode. I do love me some Housewives.
1: What? And I'm especially excited because this week we had the premiere of OC a new show yay new show <sighs> um Look, yeah i'm excited to talk about it i'm that. not necessarily excited for new shows because that's more on our plate like right like love love to watch it but who it's a lot of work putting these episodes together and i'm glad to bring them to you but it is work so um <laughs> so to to that uh we we have um have a lot of stuff this week what do we got we got um orange county as you mentioned orange county yes that'll be uh tying up the end of our episode today we've got uh the second part of the reunion yes.
0: for jersey it feels like it's going on forever uh,
1: it, i feel like i've been watching this reunion for 20 years it's it's been 84 years at least 10 at least 10 um <laughs> the same argument um and i'm frankly over it um but before we get to any of that, we've got Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlanta
0: for this week. This is an interesting episode. I'll say that. Um, we we won't go into too much because um, I know there was a lot of discussion because the ratings were really down last week, apparently, in terms of Atlanta. And we were kind of discussing like why that could be. I think it's very easy to be like, well, it's Marlo's fault. I am fine blaming her for it. Um, but like, I think... There is something where it's like, it feels like this group isn't joined yeah. and together in a way. Like,
1: I don't believe that they like each other. It's
0: like, I feel, I mean, obviously certain people, like Kenyan Candy right. and stuff like But it's like, it definitely feels like a job. Yeah. Like they're going to work every day and they're
1: clocking in. Yeah. And um, I feel like Atlanta needs a full shake up.
0: Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. Um, and this kind of ran into a lot of problems as well. Well, and I
1: think that all, also a lot of it, like I was just talking about, I think some of it's Bravo fatigue. Mm. I think we've had such heavy stuff. Like with this season of um, Vanderpump has been so heavy. This season of Jersey has been so heavy. And they right. started at the same time and ended at the same time. So, like, we are dealing with all of that. Ugh. And plus, we were just coming off of Potomac ending so heavy yeah. and Salt Lake City ending really, so heavy. Really, the
0: bright spot was Miami. Yeah. And, I, and I think, like, that was... And the, Ultimate Girls Strip, yeah. But even
1: that got heavy.
0: Yeah. But, like, I think, like, that was the... It's like there was a looseness to it that I don't think i don't sense right now and except
1: for oc and we'll get to it but yeah. i loved loved oc oc was great i i'm so looking forward to talking about that in a little bit
0: yeah so we cut ca- it's the tail end of what we saw at the end of last episode with marlo kicking kenya's door and the sort of stuff from there Ugh. so marlo uh marlo um uh is storming off upset with the girls She's yelling about like, I get like, oh, you could be here, you know, have Kenya boss you around or whatever. And it's like, I'm going to go get go eat some steak and you can go knock and click clack and talk around or whatever. And Moneta already starting to get pissed with Marlo. I mean, which I don't blame her. And it's like, you can do (laughs) like I can do whatever the fuck I want. And basically she says to herself, um, you know, they then get into the elevator to go down. Marlo's ranting about like you know can, talking about Kenya she's older than me I'm not the example this what? is gonna play great to your therapist that you try to play up to later in the episode mm-hmm. like ugh, Marlo has not changed Duh. at all not at all um, and then like we saw in the preview she we go down whatever Marlo's ranting still etc and they get into the lobby she's still ranting and then fucking fully slams the door in Moneta's face
1: I, I am so surprised that we did not have another physical fight on Housewives. Moneta wanted to. Because I, w- I would have snatched a knot in the back of her head. Yeah. I, ooh, slam a door. Like, it wasn't even just slammed the door in her face. Literally slammed it. Physically hit her with the door. But she doesn't remember that. I don't give a fuck. It's on camera. Yeah,
0: I know. Exactly. Well, also, in charay, Fucking Sharae being like, oh, I, I, I
1: think the door just failed. <laughs> well, and then they... they Claim later in the episode, well, we went back and tested the door. It's too heavy to slam. (laughs) Bitch, it's got a hydraulic closing system. You helped that along, you morons. Yeah. They're making excuses
0: for Marlo, which pisses me. Like, it's one thing for Marlo to act stupid, it's worse that she has allies that are feeding into her stupidity. Yeah. Like, that's the frustrating part because it's a team and, and all that. Um i love I did love Moneta in her confessional saying, The only person I let shut doors on me is Jesus. <laughs> Moneta's funny as fuck i yeah I love o- her. The one real bright side of this episode was I really liked Moneta. I thought yeah. like she kind of shined a lot um and then as this fight is happening and mar and Monietta's going off on her, Marlo then like gets to the bartender and asks for like a grape goose and pineapple. It's like in the middle of this fight.
1: Yeah, literally the girls are walking up behind her, still yelling at her while she's ordering at the bar. It's like, what are you doing? But then
0: Monietta is trying to confront her, and then Marlo just keeps walking out the door and like onto the sidewalk.
1: After, it's like, what? Oh, so now you're going to make this a public disturbance. Yeah. Great. Uh, is like, does she want to go back to jail?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney goes out to like try to calm Marlo down, of course. Marlo Marlo says something about like uh, Kenya looking like a demon possessed, and then we get the the um the editors like putting like red eyes on Kenya. She's like opening the door. I'll say this: I also I'm I think we have a good theory from our last episode. I think the the editors are playing some bullshit games right now. Mm-hmm. I there's a couple moments later in the the thing with um Drew where she's relaying what happened with Marlo. Where it's like, you guys are on Marlo's
1: side. I can't believe you're fucking sticking up for this bitch. Like, what the fuck? Like Yeah, like, the the editors and the producers on this show are going to keep playing these bullshit games, and they're going to start winning the bullshit prizes. And, like, I just be careful so like, cuz these women you don't want to fuck with yeah. you don't want to fuck with Candy and Kenya
0: Oh I can't wait and for this episode
1: Moneta is shaping up to be someone you don't want to fuck with either
0: Yeah um literally as Marlo's ranting on the fucking street corner the fucking t- bartender comes by and is like here's your drink ma'am Is there no open carry law in Alabama
1: I I guess I, I don't know I guess
0: not um Moneta then calls Kenya to sort of like be like, girl, I am so sick of Marlo. Like this is bullshit. And Kenya's like, I told you she's a fucking snake. And so like, like you and she's like, Marlo, you fa- or uh, Monetta, you. F- I told you to not mess with her. Like you fall for it every time. And Monetta goes, my superpower is having kindness. <laughs> <laughs> Again, cracking me up. Kenya's like, you were banging on my door when Brooklyn is sleeping, and like it's not that serious, guys. Like come on, like what the hell. And then Charlotte, then, oh, and then Sheree's like, well, the banging was not done by me. And then we keep cutting to the flashback of Sharae going, uh-uh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you got a couple bangs in. At this point, if I'm the other ladies, like, if Sheree says something, you know it's false.
1: Pretty much. It's literally the opposite. It's going to be out in spring, summer. Doesn't so doesn't September matter. wasn't out at all. And the website's down.
0: Yeah. Um... Uh, and then I, I felt, re- and then I was so fucking terrible. Cause like Kenya's on speakerphone, right? As she's talking to uh, Moneta and um, Sheree and you can hear Brooklyn in the background, be like, I'm really tired. Like it's, and it's like, you fucking did this to Brooklyn. You fuckers are so all because you didn't know where you were going and you didn't know why you were here. It's like,
1: wow, you guys are fucking terrible. Like really? You knew she had gone to bed. You right. could have taken your ass somewhere else. Like, I don't know why you needed Kenya. Yeah, it's
0: ridiculous. Kenya is is just done. And she's like, look, I'm I'm just going to say this. Like, everyone who's not in my core group of friends, you guys can just go home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then so- this is where Sonya was pissing me off, too. Sonya, Sonya is so over dramatic and ridiculous at times. We saw it a lot last season. She then grabs the phone to ask, like, what's happening? Like, you know, Kenya, we're just trying to figure out what's going on with everything. You know, we're on the road for four hours. And then Kenya goes, "Look, you know, Sonia, it's like, you, you, you can go home. Don't come back. It's okay. And Sonia's like, well, I guess I won't come back.
1: Bye. It's like, why is fucking you? Why are you mad? I just like, don't understand why Atlanta keeps canceling cash trips. Yeah. Like, sure, it was a little cash trip. It was like a little jaunt over to Alabama, a little jaunt up to Blue Ridge. But, like, why do we keep, why is that allowed? Why are we sending people home on the cash trip? Yeah,
0: I get, I, yeah, that is frustrating. But it's like, if I'm, if we're taking the, the the show aspect out of it, Sonya's already said like I have a work thing tomorrow that I then have to go. To. It's not like she's, it's not like she's kicking you off this com- trip fucking completely. She knew you already were gonna have to leave tomorrow to go to a work thing and then come back onto the trip. Yeah. And, so and so Kenya's point is like, just don't save the trouble. Like. Just go. It's fine. Like, and, then, and then Sonia's complaining, like, you know, when in we were, I did the trip in Jamaica, you know, Kenya expected me to be at her beck and call. This is what I don't understand. They keep acting like Kenya's, like, abandoned them on this trip.
1: She went to bed.
0: She literally said, okay, guys, I'm going to bed. I'll see you guys in
1: the morning. I, I don't under... Do they expect people to not sleep on cash trips? I don't... It's
0: like, she's been perfectly clear about the itinerary of the day, and you knew you were going to a football game tomorrow. And they're just like, but we don't know why. To see football. It's like, I get that, like, maybe the surprise that Kenya was organizing wasn't the best idea, necessarily, because stuff like this could happen. But it's like, okay, grow up, ladies. Like, it's a fucking surprise. Yeah. Like, I didn't... I under- mean,
1: Even then, the surprise is not where you're going. You know where you're going. You know what event you're going to. So that part is not a surprise. The only surprise is that Kenya will be down on the field.
0: Yeah, that was literally it. And Kenya, and she, and Sanya also says, like, you know, Kenya probably, it would be different if her besties, Drew and Candy, would be here. But they didn't even take the time to show up. (laughs) What? Wait, what, Sanya? Like, Drew literally has influenza B. We see her later literally leaving the hospital.
1: She's in the hospital. But she's not fucking around.
0: And Candy had an event. What the, like,
1: they just, you're acting as if they just chose not to show up? Sonya's crazy. Also, you're not, you weren't planning on being here tomorrow anyway. Yeah. So shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. She needs to get out of Marlo's ass because whatever, like, is poisoning Marlo's brain, like, is getting into Sonya's. Um, and then Kenya then tells Sheree that there, that she was going to be performing at the halftime. And Sheree goes, that's all you had to say. What would that have changed? You're going to the same, whatever. Um, Marlo, uh, tells Courtney, I'm so pissed. I let her take control of me. Oh my God. Really? We're going to act like you're the victim. What can
1: you do to take control of you?
0: You instigated this whole fucking thing. I can't stand Courtney.
1: Yeah, well, Can we just leave her in Alabama?
0: Yeah. Sonia then uh, tells Marlo and Courtney that Kenya said leave, and Courtney goes, so, like, no empathy for the fact that we're here and have no idea what's happening? Sleep.
1: Uh, Sleep is what's supposed to be happening. Or if you want to go out on the town, you are welcome. You know when the bus leaves tomorrow. You can get an Uber. Like you did tonight?
0: Yeah. Marlo texts, decides she's going to text Ken, Kenya, which, like— also, I bet that number is blocked on Kenya's <laughs> end. Sure I'm sure that sure. number went nowhere. The text reads, you are a rude, selfish MF. Seek help, rude bitch. And then it says XOXO Marlo.
1: Who are you, gossip girl? Shut the fuck yeah. up.
0: She's like, I'm going to post it on Instagram and tag her. And Courtney's like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> That's the first smart thing Courtney said. Yeah. Uh, Monietta's talking to Sheree, and she says... Because- Kenya would have lit her ass up and I would have been here for it. Actually, shut up, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> let, let her do it. it. <laughs> Moneta talks
0: about with the Marlo thing, like she's gonna call uh, her cousin Ray Ray, just like how Sharae called Pookie back in that <laughs> fight with the, the, uh the uh event manager. Um uh, and then like they they join back in the group group and like Marlo's trying to or Moneta's trying to ignore Marlo and Marlo's like obnoxiously laughing, which is just stupid. Sanya comes up and is complaining to the group about it, but Kenya's still on speaker, like and and hasn't turned it off. And at one point, Kenya just goes, "Wait, so who is speaking?" And then Sanya goes, "So now you don't even know my voice? Oh my fucking god! Like, is everything gonna piss you off?
1: Like, also, voices sound different on speakerphone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Stupid." Um, Sheree uh tells them all that she's performing at the halftime show and Ke- Marlo in her confessional. Kenya is trying to go from Keonce to Kriana, and she is nowhere as talented. Did you see her BravoCon performance? Um Marlo and, and then what Marlo then says something about. I'm my sorry,
1: name. she's not as talented as you who does checks notes. Literally col- nothing. <laughs> collects garments. That's yep. That takes talent, sure does. The, and then marlo- your talents definitely not writing things in french right la archive
0: marlo says something about moneta kissing ass and Moniet- and then in
1: her confessional she goes
0: yeah i said it. moneta kisses more ass than kenya eats <laughs> that was funny
1: why is everybody talking about eating ass these days it, it a- has come up literally on three different shows at this point twice on this one right
0: um, we go to Candy's, uh, studio and Candy and Todd are basically talking about Todd's movie and the work on it. And Todd unveils the poster for the pass, um, which is basically a movie about a couple that gives each other like a sex pass sort of. Yeah. Like, like a hall pass
1: type thing. Yeah.
0: Um, Todd is kind of annoyed at a certain point because Candy's like texting as he's like doing the pitch and stuff like that <laughs> and being like, you know, focus on, you got to focus your attention like I would on your stuff. Um, then, so the topic of Mama Joyce, uh, comes up again. Cause Joyce finally called Candy, but she, Candy's like, she didn't mention anything about Bravo gone. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd reiterates the idea of like, I don't think Ace is going to want to see that. Like, uh, when he grows up, Kayla is already tired of it in terms of that stuff. Um, Candy and I, I remember saying before that like it felt like Mama Joyce was playing a character and like doing it for the moment because it's BravoCon etc. But Candy does make a good point and it is like, you know, like she had the chance to say something positive, and I do think if she would have said something positive, it could have been an equal moment. Yeah, at BravoCon, in but fairness. she didn't.
1: Yeah, she dug her heels in.
0: And Todd himself is even wondering, like, it is it that she just like thinks she's funny and like is like playing this character of like this mean mother-in-law? She's like, not. She's
1: not funny. No, but I, well, I, I mean, she is funny.
0: I can believe that she thinks she's a star on a television show. And like people want to see me shit on Todd, like sort of like, that's my thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I
1: guess. Yeah. I
0: um, we go back to Alabama. Um, Courtney is FaceTiming Drew, telling her what happened. And then Marlo Marlo is fucking FaceTiming her life
1: coach, Sharon. Sharon's Sharon, a, you need to quit because you're doing a horrible job with this one. Well,
0: at the very least, Sharon, you need to watch the show now this, this is over um, to tell Marlo, okay, so this was bullshit. Uh, everything that you told me, because Sharon's like, you, you need to know how to step away and walk away from things. And Marlo goes, and I've been doing good at that. Where? Which where? <laughs> uh, Sharon, because Marlo talks about Kenya triggering her. And Sharon's like, those triggers that Kenya's giving you is not them. It's just symbolic of
1: what they are doing. And it's like, Marlo is the trigger. Like, I don't, I'm so sick of people you overusing the word trigger because it's really like watering down the real meaning. Yeah. It's for people who have real trauma. Sure. Who then get triggered back into a fight or flight stage. It's PTSD. Right. It's not whatever the fuck you're faking over here. But even
0: if we want to use their definition, like Marlo instigated the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Kenya literally was playing way too fucking nice for, in my opinion, this whole last episode. So that's just me. Um, but then we, it gets kind of scary. Cause then we find out like an ambulance has been called for Kenya. She's being, she's dizzy. Uh, she has like a hard time breathing. And like, she talks about like her left arm was like numb at a certain point.
1: Um, and so that like, that is scary. Yeah.
0: I, it seemed like it was like it, heart related. Yeah. Or something like it was like, and yeah, cause
1: the whole left arm thing has me worried.
0: Right. Um, they, uh, eventually get Sheree sees them like pulling out the stretcher and stuff like that. It's like, what the hell's happening? Like,
1: yeah.
0: Um, sh- uh, they take Kenya to the hospital. Um, Sharae gets the girls together to let them know what happened. And then they FaceTime Kenya, she says she has a 102 fever and that they're waiting to get tests um for testing that to come back. Um and so they're just like, We're thinking about you, including Marlo. Um, and Moneta y- Mon- gets real emotional because apparently her mom had passed and Moneta's mom had passed in June and starts like getting emotional about it. It's like, shit, like you know. Um they confide in they uh, you know, comfort Moneta. And then Marlo organizes this like group prayer which I'm glad that Kenya said it on Twitter. It's like, don't put that juju anywhere near me and my child. Hell
1: no. I I don't want you interceding for me. Like, I I can't imagine that your relationship with God is very good. So I don't think he's going to be doing you a favor and helping me out. So yeah. just shut the fuck up.
0: Marlo, the, and then Marlo's like, you know, I didn't know what happened with me and you, Monetta last night you know it got crazy and then she go marlo goes in for a hug and moneta at first like has her finger up like no no no, no. <laughs> like n- like almost to, like blocker but then marlo comes in and then like moneta does like the most begrudging hug
1: Don't fucking touch me after slamming a door in my goddamn face.
0: Yeah. And Moneta says, Marlo is like Jekyll and Hyde. Normally, I don't negotiate with terrorists, but I got my cousin and them on speed dial. I'm good to go. (laughs)
1: Great. Okay. Everybody who has spent any time in the black community knows exactly what she meant by that. Yeah. And I'm just going to leave it there.
0: Sure. And then, so then keeps Sheree then pushes his narrative, like the door slammed by itself or whatever. And we've like, they, they figured this out. Marla goes, are you serious? Marla,
1: you knew you slammed that door. You literally grabbed it by the edge of the door and slammed it. Yeah. They then so they pack up,
0: but then they go down to the lobby to eat Uber Eats because <laughs> that's all because the kitchen's not open. Um okay. and then this is where it's like, okay, so Marlo here, your real self comes out. Cause then Sheree's like, you know, Kenya's still running a fever, so they're holding her to do more tests. And Marlo's like, you know, I called to send flowers, but she's already checked out. You did not call to send flowers. That did not happen. In the middle of the night. Well, not in the middle. Even in the in the what thirty minutes in between Sheree telling you this and and you coming down to the lobby, you trying to get flowers, and they told you she was that didn't happen. Did not happen. Did not happen. Um, Marla goes in a confessional. Bitch, I said get well soon, not immediately. (sighs) Um, she said she got out of the hospital faster than Sanya's track uh, meets. Yeah,
1: whatever. Still wasn't as fast as uh, Drew's solo with
0: Candace. <laughs> um Marlo says that she hopes she can keep that they can keep things in a positive energy in the group Got when it. they get back to Atlanta. Well, and even Marlo doubts it later. Well, yeah. Moneta says, you know, as long as you know you act cool and you don't fight my friends, and Marlo goes, Well, that may be a problem. With you? Yeah. And even Sheree has to admit a mid Erica Vesel. She's like, is this if that's what Marlo's life, life coach is teaching her, the bitch needs to get her money back. hmm Yeah, it's bad. Then Courtney decides to ask Sheree about um, if her and Drew are good. And she's like, you know, my wonderful cousin. And Sheree's like, I haven't really seen the wonderful part. Because mm-hmm. uh, they got into it all last season. Um, Sheree, though, says that she thought that they were getting to a good place when they had, like, a phone conversation. But then in an interview a week later uh Drew was talking about the reunion and was saying that Sheree took back all the She by Sheree merch that she brought
1: the girls to the mm-hmm. reunion. I remember when that came out. Yeah,
0: and so yeah. And so Sheree's pissed about that. Um and then like they all are about to leave. And my point is like Marlo's originally is like, oh I hope we repair things when we get to Atlanta. But then she's outside with Courtney and Sheree as as is still in the lobby. And Mar and Marlo tells them, you know, it's not going to work out with Monetta when we get around the group. Then why did you ju-
1: <clears throat> Jekyll and Hyde is right? It's you. Hi, you're the problem. <laughs> it's you,
0: straight up. Um, they we see a bunch of scenes. Um, Courtney and Sonya go candle shopping, and it's like a candle shop that also has like the yoni eggs, the like, you know, different like crystals uh-huh. and stuff like that. And then this Insania talks about the trip and being kicked out. Insania's like, the only reason Kenya's not good with me is because I'm friends with Marlo. It has to be the only reason. I mean, you're half right. It is because you're friends with Marlo, but that's because you are blindly friends with Marlo and don't uh, see, like, Marlo's fucking crazy and is literally starting fights.
1: And also, you're extremely dishonest.
0: And, if, and a flip-flopper. Like yeah. That's part of it as well. Um, we go to Moore Manor. Uh, Sheree brings some like stuff to Kenya because uh, she's still like congested and is, mm-hmm. is healing. We find out basically uh, they didn't find anything abnormal in her chest, um, That's good. and that she had basically had the flu, essentially some like really bad version of the flu. Mm. Um, but she had to cancel obviously the Magic City Classic performance, and she's really sad about that. Um, that it was really important for her to be on a stage that was rooted in so much black history and that it would be a big moment for her and her hair care company and just all that. So she's genuinely really sad about it. Um, they talk about Marlo again. And Sheree's like, I can't defend Marlo kicking the door. And then the produ- the producer in her confessional goes, didn't you kick the door as well? And she goes, no, I did not. And then they show the clip again. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, I I need you to just stop lying, Sheree.
0: Yeah. Kenya, it's basically like, look, she just wants the attention out of me, even if it's negative attention. Which, yeah. duh, like that's it's it's not that hard. Um, Brooklyn gets back from karate and like has a cute moment where she's showing Kenya and Sheree what she learned and stuff like that. Brooklyn's adorable and like, yeah, it yeah. Um, Sheree uh, tells her more about like the stuff with her fibroids talks about how she doesn't really want surgery um, in case they come back because she has heard a lot of people who have had surgeries mm-hmm. take them out that they just come back and that she's doing this holistic program to like try to circumvent surgery and, and avoid all that. So, um, and not sure, not sure. I try to prank Kenya and be like, trying to be like, I forgot to tell you, I'm expecting, and can you be like, you are lying right now. (laughs) No one believes that.
1: See, this is the moment where I wish NeNe was in this conversation because she would have pulled out. You remember when um, on Glee, when NeNe was on there, and then um, uh, Sue Sylvester gets pregnant, and she's talking about her dusty ovaries. I, I needed that conversation here with Sheree. I thought you
0: were going to talk. I thought you were saying, the, the, remember when Phaedra couldn't remember how many months along she was? And oh, jeez. And Janine just goes, shut up. That is so stupid. <laughs> um,
1: oh, jeez. We go yeah. to
0: Candy's house uh, and Mama Joyce comes over. Uh, Candy basically says that they weren't talking for a while after BravoCon and then so they're talking again and brings up the comments um Joyce says that she was asked a question and she told the truth and that todd needs to lighten up basically oh god it's like this whole thing it was very much it gets to some a good enough place at the end but it's like you really cannot have a conversation with mama joyce it's just
1: like she i mean she's so full of shit like it's so exhausting yeah it's and candy asked if
0: she uh uh, you know, do you ever even like bring up whenever Todd does something right? And Joyce is like, well, you know, he's asleep whenever she, you know I'm over at the house, and it's like Candy. Candy's like, because he's avoiding you, like, because of this shit, like, you know. And Joyce is like, well, that's why I don't come around as often. And Candy's like, well, that tells me that the negative energy is coming from you. Uh yeah. So,
1: but that that logic
0: doesn't work with
1: like she's been an asshole to him since day one. So like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Candy's like
0: talking about how like it's just like it's up and down, like it's good and then it's bad and then it's like you know it feels like we fixed it and then we didn't and like it just has to stop. And I love, I kind of loved Candy pulling this card and goes, "You love your grandchildren, right?" Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, that's the that's the right card to pull with a bad." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. um, and is like, talking about how they won't like to hear her dogging out their dad. And um, Joy says that. This is where I was also like, what are you talking about? Cuz Mama Joyce is like, you know, Todd when I first met him, he was very meek and humble. And now he acts like he's George Jefferson. And I'm like, how is that a bad? Th- I I'm I am not as much familiar with George Jefferson. For the little I know, he was
1: kind of a misogynistic asshole. Yeah, but
0: that's not her point. Yeah. He was at least moving on up. I know yeah. that much.
1: To the east side.
0: Yeah. Um, Joyce. The deluxe
1: apartment in the sky.
0: Joyce talks, like, it's like, oh, he doesn't take out the trash or like just pulling random stuff where it's just like, what yeah. does it have to do with anything? And Joyce is like, if that's what you accept from your man, you accept it. And Candy goes, exactly. That's so the point. None of your business. You know, and then she's like, if you love your man, not taking out the trash, go into strip clubs. And Katie's like, we both go to strip clubs together. I'm not intimidated by like some stripper that's going to like, you know,
1: you know. Lest, lest you forget, she's the one that hired Bolo. Yeah. So neither of them have problems with strippers. It's fine. Like, it, it's
0: all copacetic. And then Joyce says like, ain't nobody at that strip club would look better than mine.
1: <laughs> Excuse me? Okay, Joyce. Now, if we want to talk about some dusty ovaries... Yeah. Um, But Candy's
0: like, look, I think if we can settle that it comes down to that we... Like, you know, it's not what you want in your man, basically. So we like different things in our man, and we should be able to, like, you know, keep it at that. And Joyce agrees. And then Candy suggests them going to counseling together, and Joyce says that actually that that would be a good idea. And they shake on it. We'll see how
1: long that lasts. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Um, we then go. uh, Kenya is invites Sheree and Drew to do like these like vitamin drip IV Mm -hmm. uh, things um, to get them rehydrated. Um, Drew comes in as Sheree and Kenya are sitting down, and Sheree's like, "Are you over the? uh, Are you over being sick and all that?" And then high fives Drew, (laughs) and Sheree's like, "Well, it's actually it's actually a pound five because we have an issue," (laughs) and they immediately get into the well. Like, we're not going to waste any time. We know why we're here. Um, (laughs) Drew in her confessional goes, Sheree is getting her vitamins and hydration, so she should be be thankful because it's free. You know, Sheree loves to save a penny, honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Isn't that true? Um, Sheree brings up the interview comment that Drew made. And that she said that she took back everything at the reunion and Drew. Oh God. Drew goes, I didn't say everything. I, I said things were confiscated. And then they played the clip back where she definitely said everything was taken.
1: Yeah, but she said it in such a way that it was clearly hyperbole. Yeah.
0: I yeah. Yeah. Um and then Drew's like, Well, I wanted that She by Sheree bag or whatever. And Sheree's like, okay, but that was my personal bag that had my, like, it wasn't like a product that I was distributing to you guys. And Drew's like, okay, so then it's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> okay. Um, it seemed like a dumb, innocuous fight. Uh, and Drew says, uh, it's like, well, the call that I gave you, by the way, was after the interview. So it was a genuine call. I wasn't trying to like, you know, be backstabby or whatever. Yeah. and But Sheree's not buying it. She's like, it's not the timeline as much as it is the lies. I'm not buying it, but she can hop on my website and make a
1: purchase. And I was like, can, can she? <laughs> Last time I checked, like, it's down. Um, yeah, it's got a cute little sign there that you had suspiciously ready.
0: Yeah. Um, the nurse puts in the drips um, for the ladies, and then Kenya talks about, uh, that she, about her bringing up the phone call at the lunch in Birmingham that she had with Drew. And Drew says like, Drew's talking about how Marlo was on attack mode at the winery. Um, Sheree says that um, Marlo claims that she was sitting and Drew's like, well, she stood up and got in my face. So like, literally, but like I said, I feel like the editors were still like positioning certain, like, like over, um, over analyzing words as if they were missing Drew's point of what she was fucking saying.
1: Yeah, they they kept playing like wasn't there a certain point where they literally like stopped the video footage and like had an arrow pointing or yeah. something? And it's like guys Y'all are trying too hard to prove this lie of Marlo's. It
0: literally doesn't matter. Like who fucking cares? Marlo started this shit. It was ridiculous. She yelled in Drew's face.
1: Like we all saw it.
0: Yeah. Uh and then Drew is like I'm confused of like what Marla was even saying about like her nephew like what is that even about and Charade clarifies it for her and tells her about the thing and it's like well and Drew's like wait so this like happened at Candy's restaurant like no it didn't happen at Candy's restaurant it was his, like a, they met as colleagues at Candy's restaurant and then later became roommates and then this happened and Candy is like that has nothing to do with Candy
1: literally nothing
0: that's why it's like what literally does it have to do with Candy? And and she's like, well, Candy, she was mad Candy didn't, like, send flowers or card or whatever. Again, it's, like, so fucking stupid. Um, Kenya also asked, you can tell Kenya's also over Courtney, because she asked Drew like, um, so be honest with me, did you give your cousin my number? <laughs> like, Kenya's like, who gave her my number?
1: Yeah, I don't want her calling me.
0: Yeah, and apparently Courtney's organizing some, like, laser light team building exercise like
1: like laser tag or something sort
0: of i guess yeah but it seems like that that that's when things are going to blow up so he's talking about like you know we made a pack in alabama to continue with the good energy and then it's just flash forwards to like everything that's happening and apparently it looks like kenya tells candy about the what Marley's been saying about the shooting and that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the big confrontation at the at the thing. And Candy's like, I want to choke your ass. And it's like
1: I love when Candy gets activated. I know it's not good for her, but she's so good t- such good TV. It's
0: great for us. Yeah. We love to see it. Um but that will be the big cliffhanger and in going into next episode. Um this was a fine episode of Atlanta. It was seemed really transitional and like
1: yeah, it's setting up future things.
0: Yeah, I and it, the problem is it centered so much around Marlo that I was kind of over it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: that too. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, though, and when we come back, we're talking part two of the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. Don't go anywhere.
1: Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on up to Jersey for a reunion. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> I'm over it with this. So tweet. over it. I,
0: I, I think we, I saw a tweet that was like, F-
1: fire both. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm team Melissa on all of this stuff, but like. D- but does it matter? I'm exhausted at this point, and I don't care. If you need to fire both, fire both. Yeah. Like, let's just be done whatever you have to do to ensure we do not have an 11th year of this this
0: storyline done with it. It's like the fucking, like the fucking 30 seconds that Jen Fessler got to speak, speak this reunion was the more interesting than anything. She looked so good. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, Andy says that, you know, okay, so we're coming back in from the whole Teresa dropping the bomb of, um, Jacqueline telling her, that they met, that Melissa and Joe met with Joe Judice's ex partner, mm-hmm. who sent, who reported them to the FBI or whatever. And Andy's like, you don't really think Melissa and Joe are responsible for you going to jail? And Teresa says they hung out with the people who did. And Melissa's like, we we didn't. And he goes, well, you were married to the person who was responsible for you going to jail, Teresa.
1: Well, and she's also partially responsible. Herself. That too.
0: That too. But. And I you were saying, like Teresa goes, I spoke to the FBI.
1: I know proof. The FBI does not disclose that information. That didn't happen. That Teresa. doesn't that that did not happen. Um Melissa's like, I and don't And then Joe, did you hear that Joe Chudice is also claiming that he also spoke to the FBI and they told him that it's like they did not tell you. They do not tell you who informed on you, you fucking morons. Yeah. That doesn't like Mm. Melissa uh,
0: says That she doesn't even know The man that they're talking about And Teresa's like But my brother knows My brother knows who it is Andy asked Dolores about this And Dolores like I can't even Fathom this Dolores was kind of Interesting in this This exchange mm-hmm. I thought there was moments Where I was like Oh that reaction Was unexpected um, Teresa says um, Look here's the thing He was not trying To do it to me He was trying to do it To my ex Meaning he was What also I had heard From the reports Which was that If this is true that Joe Gorga did it under the impression that it would take down Joe Judice, not knowing that it would also send Teresa to prison.
1: To be fair, Teresa sent Teresa to prison. Again.
0: Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. She would have got off scot-free.
0: Right. Um, and then Melissa's like, Teresa, we didn't commit mortgage fraud. You did doll face. And Teresa's like, I didn't commit mortgage fraud. It goes into the spiel. Um, you know, to and then Teresa makes a comment of after this airs, Jacqueline's gonna come out and say all of this. And then Melissa's like, "Well, you know what? I have this text that Jacqueline sent Jackie uh, Goldschneider just last year. Couple things: one, the text isn't from last year; it's technically from two years ago. Um,
1: two, I don't know what the text proves. I think it's more of a." Why are you trusting Jackie or uh Jacqueline? She doesn't really like you. But she also doesn't like Melissa. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why it's a
0: thing. And I also I I'm not and I believe Melissa for the most part. Like I'm not trying to I'm just trying to like think I'm devil's advocating slightly with this. I found it odd that she had this text at the reunion.
1: Uh, I to I, be fair, To be completely frank, it's probably Margaret. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret's like she's gonna bring this up Margaret went into the arsenal yeah (laughs)
0: just I yeah it's yeah but she reads Melissa then starts reading the text and the text is like I know I shouldn't care but her arrogance voice and the fact that she gets away with way too much after being a nasty asshole bothers me she's a low life trash bucket she's stupid and also very calculating even with her two faceless eye lift nose job shaved forehead Botox fillers and new boobs she is still so ugly and thinks she's the goddess lol no i'm not bitter at all lol every time i see something on her it irritates me all over again parentheses obviously all capital letters lol she's infamous for being a dumb classless train wreck she doesn't get it but as she's reading this so danielle as melissa's reading this whole thing danielle's like this is petty ladies like it's really petty and then Teresa then says jacqueline's gonna come after you babe and then Dolores goes Oh, yeah, sleep with one eye open. This is bad for you, Melissa. You're going down. I was like, Dolores.
1: Yeah, that was a little odd. What was that based on? Like, was she talking about this is a person that is ruthless and who will come after you? Was that maybe what she was maybe? saying? But it seemed like excited that. Like, there was a sort of like... I didn't think it was that way because I really... I could have sworn that Dolores was more neutral in all of this.
0: I think I felt so, too. I do get a sense that she kind of, I don't think, I think she realizes when Teresa's wrong, even though she may not vocalize it to her all the time. Like, there are a couple times, if you watch, like, past recently past seasons, that, like, Dolores isn't fully Team Melissa.
1: No, but she's not ever been fully Teresa either. Yeah. So I I, it's it's interesting. I really would love Dolores to just tell what she thinks full scale. I really think that Dolores tries to call it down the middle as often as more often than not. Right. And she I think she thinks that she is being fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, andy's like I'm going to move on and teresa's like look, I'm cleansing all the bad energy today and he goes you're going to walk out of here feeling like you took the biggest shit of your life. Uh, people had a lot of thoughts online about andy at this part of the reunion. I, there, there's one moment where I sort of agree
1: with them, but the rest of this I was team andy. Look. When your cast is behaving like kindergartners on a mountain full of sugar. Yeah. Sometimes you have to lay down the law. Right. And that's what he did. I'm with him 100%. Like, you try dealing with this. Like, any, like, like,
0: uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, they go to, they basically have a Rachel segment where they talk to her. And she talks about how it was really stressful filming with a two year old and a newborn. Um and that she's got it helped that she got a lot of help from her family, uh, in terms of uh that while they were filming and Andy's like, kind of like you're making me feel bad like Andy yeah. you can tell Andy likes Rachel yeah Andy like is like either like dad bonding or like something with Rachel
1: yeah I really like her
0: too no I do too I yeah I just yeah I just spotted that that seemed interesting um Rachel says that she uh the uh, Andy asked whether um. She likes John better hairy or smooth after the Joe waxing thing and she says she likes him better smooth and that he also got liposuction for like like to look better for the show or whatever.
1: Like, I mean, good for him. Like, I I am all for plastic surgery if it makes you feel better. Um, however, I wrinkle my nose up at the I like him better smooth, really? Mm. Have you seen his lack of a chin? He needs a beard. Yeah. He he needs Something. Something. And and not the neck beard that he had. He needs... I don't know. Something with
0: substance. Uh-huh. Um, Jennifer, so the topic then comes up about... Why did you make that comment about her bad nose... Rachel's bad nose job? And they when they play the clip back, they do cut out the part where she goes... I, you know, about my terrible nose job, I was talking to you about your terrible... They cut out the my part, which, you know, was the comment shady? Yes. But, like, because even Jennifer goes, I mean, I was just bonding with her auntie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jennifer says that um, it was Rachel that spun the phone conversation that start... That's why she was mad at her about this Dolores thing. The other
1: exhausting storyline this season.
0: Yeah. Jennifer says that Rachel said, you know, Jennifer said, well, Rachel was like, what was it with you and Dolores? And Rachel's like, I never said that. And <laughs> Jennifer's like, well, that's how I remember it. It's like, okay. Jennifer says that, you know, uh, Rachel, you know, because Rachel never watched the show before, right? And then she's like, okay, Bravo lover, one, two, three, four, which apparently is allegedly like Rachel's like Finsta burner account or something. Mm. Um. And so th- Jennifer keeps bringing that up. Rachel says that, then, Rachel, right, again, this was always a lot of like just like r- th- throwing of accusations with no yeah. like weaving to where it was like narratively safe. Like Jennifer says, like, well, Jennifer, you went and got to my nose doctor to get yours fixed. And uh, Jennifer, <laughs> I love Jennifer goes, she is totally twisting it. You're really good at this, by the way. And then Rachel goes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That almost it almost was like she broke fourth wall, <laughs> like, like almost. Actually, that was good. Now let's continue acting to be in character. Uh, and Jennifer's like, "I here's the thing." He offered, and I said no. And Jennifer's like, "I you know I had her nose job, and I ha- and I have it on video here for you, Andy." And Andy goes, "No,
1: thanks." <laughs> well, and then at at one point she says, "He didn't do my nose. He did my chin." Did she? Yes. So he did a different surgery for her. Okay. The same one who did her. Because I nose. guess
0: the whole I was like, why does this matter though? And I'm like, I guess it's because
1: it so was. Would... She did have a surgery from from Rachel's.
0: But was it is the embarrassment that she didn't get it done by
1: Bill? Well, no. She's talked about how she doesn't like.
0: Yeah, that Bill doesn't do her stuff. I thought yeah. so. Like yeah. Um, and then she'll she's like telling the story of the like. This is the only time I was kind of annoyed by Andy. Um, Jennifer's telling the story of the phone conversation so this is how it went down etc and then Rachel goes Andy can you say something to me so she'll stop talking and then he goes, leans over to Rachel and goes she'll run out of gas
1: eventually I thought that was hilarious I
0: think it's hilarious but I do have a tendency. I think when when Teresa and Melissa won't stop fucking talking and trying to get the last word in on each other it's fair for him to like be really like fuck you guys like fuck yeah. but like Jennifer's just doing the housewife thing that any other housewife would do. And he's done it in the, like the last couple seasons, he does it to Jennifer all the time.
1: But Jennifer tends to, to rattle on, on shit that doesn't matter. There's a moment
0: where she does do that later, where I do agree with him being mad at her, but it, it, this moment was not it for me. like, it's like you don't have to undercut her when she's telling her like side of the story. Like, but uh, it
1: was a storyline that didn't fucking matter. That, that was my point, and it I wasn't guess. even what he asked. It was some random tangent. Yeah.
0: Um, Rachel confirms that Jane's adoption is finalized, um, and then Andy brings up some recent comments from her, the birth mother saying that she was only doing this for the show. And Dolores sticks up for Rachel in this moment, and she's like, she has talked about wanting to adopt Jane for
1: years Even before this show. so See, this is what I'm talking about. Because I feel like, like I was saying earlier, Dolores just calls it down the middle. Yeah. She tries to call it as fair as she can from her vantage point. And that's one of the reasons I will always love Dolores. Yeah.
0: Oh, she's great. Um, The birth mother is saying apparently that John is preventing her from speaking to or seeing Jaden. And so... Annie asks Rachel about that, and Rachel says, "Well, I think some of, one of my cast members might know a little bit more because she was allegedly contacted because of Louie mm-hmm. And then Teresa does the whole "what," like she she loves that, like sort of like first time hearing this. Like
1: she she does the same. Like, dumb look on her face that fucking Tucker Carlson used to do. Very. It's very Tucker Carlson. It's very much that same look. And I say used to because he doesn't have a show anymore. No. Anyway, continue. Oh, but he's on
0: Twitter. He's got, like, 20 million views. So am I. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so apparently, like, someone basically got the info from, like, what prison she was in to, like, you know, and this is, like, you know, allegedly from Louie. Uh, and Rachel says she was told this by someone very close to her. And Teresa's like, I know nothing about this. This was a mm-hmm. little... It, I'll say this. It started convincing from Teresa and then it just did not get convincing at the end to where I fully believe that this is like a collaborative thing. I just...
1: I don't trust her. She yeah. has no um, credibility at all. So like I, at this point, I'm questioning if her name is Teresa.
0: Yeah. Margaret and Rachel then basically both talk about like what Louis said at the finale about how Bo Deedle has something on everyone, etc. Teresa goes, look at who's calling the kettle black. Oh, fuck.
1: Uh, she almost got nearly. One. It wasn't as bad. It was. I think she dinged off the side of the kettle. Yeah, like she almost hit it.
0: Margaret's basically asserting like I don't hire private investigators. And Melissa. Melissa's not helping. Melissa goes. I thought this was a, like dumb comment. She goes. I mean she doesn't look for it, it kinda comes to her. <laughs> and Teresa's like, Oh, it just comes to her. It comes to her.
1: like Which is what Margaret has said in the past. Yeah, but it's like it only comes to you because they know like They know you'll do something with it. They know you're a shady bitch. Like I get it. Yeah. But like also I kind of also understand that she's like I don't go looking for this. Like people bring me shit. But then when Melissa, so
0: when Melissa makes a comment that was like, "eh." then Teresa tops Melissa though. Cause then Melissa's like, Margaret doesn't hire people to hurt people. And Teresa goes, yeah, you don't have the money to. It's like, are you admitting something? Teresa <laughs> is like, Oh, so because Louis has the money, great catch. You got there. <laughs> um, uh, Teresa. Um, and Melissa's like, well, your apology to Margaret at the beginning of the season was fake as fuck. And then the, again, this, and then Melissa's like, well, because this was your storyline, right, Teresa? Your storyline was to be Namaste. Now, and Teresa goes, don't steal my line. <laughs>
1: Jeez,
0: Namaste, your asshole. And and <laughs> Teresa's like, like yeah, put it up there, do it. And she goes, if I could find the Namaste, I'd stick it right up my ass. <laughs> But and then it's like and the, the Namaste part was funny but it was also just like okay oh, this everything is just accusing each other of being for storyline and it's like it's exhausting. Yeah. So then Jackie and Jen Fessler join the couch. Uh again like this was the most interesting part of the whole reunion. One more yep. of this. Um Jen Andy's like you look like a completely different person, Jen. And she confirms that she got a facelift and she got a nose job. And I love her like honesty of just being like, I mean, what if you, what if you don't ask me back? This was my shot. I mean, (laughs) at least
1: she's honest. Yeah. I, I, it's so refreshing. I really love Jen Fessler. Yeah. Like
0: Jen says that she was surprised that people, uh, was so offended uh, about saying that she slept with James Gandolfini (laughs) and about says like, I wasn't always this like old (laughs) hag.
1: I don't think I. I don't think she's old. I know, but she was calling
0: herself that. No, I know,
1: but like. Uh. Uh,
0: and then she has this one story about how uh, the exit on the parkway to her house is the James Gandolfini rest stop, and she's like, "I cry a little every time I get on the exit." <laughs> God, she's great. Like upgrade her, please. Upgrade her, please. Um, Andy says that Jackie looks radiating, and I completely agree. She yeah. looks great. Like, um, and Jackie talks about being a friend of this season, that it was really hard coming back as a friend. Um, but she thinks it was the right decision because it, the casting was only a few months into her recovery and she wasn't really in a good
1: place. Yeah, I don't she, think she could have handled being full-time. She
0: said, like, I because of it was my recovery, I instinctively, by that, gained a lot of weight. And, like, I could understand her, like, like being on a show and seeing that, like, you can get, it could then trigger something to, like, you know, relapse and, and something like that.
1: It also explains why she was so irritable at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Because you remember the calendar shoot and all of that.
0: Yeah. Um, Jackie uh, also took the time off to write her book, uh, which is called The Weight of Beautiful. Um, Andy then asked uh, that, you know, brings up like, oh, well, so Dolores was really honest about taking Ozempic. And what are your thoughts on that, Jackie? And Jackie, I've heard Jackie say this, but she said like, And I thought it was interesting. Jackie was like, it's not a bad thing wanting to lose weight. She's like, I can understand the instinct of someone wanting to do that. But my worry is that there's a, you know, the drug is in a way to where you are eventually one day going to have to be off of it. And then the rebound from going off of that drug, you then gain a bunch of weight and that, that could lead to some really unhealthy coping for people. Yeah. Like then you would then, Strive to use more unhealthy means in which to right. get that weight off, which I think is good. Like I, I, I not good. I, I think it's correct that she's saying this. Like I right. think that is a worry. At the end of the day, I don't think she's shaming every. I, I appreciate that she's not shaming Dolores right. or anyone for like taking it. But she's like, just
1: warning her to be careful. Yeah. As you know, I hope that her doctor also warned her to be careful. With yeah,
0: that. yeah, I think so. Um and then uh, Jackie does like a little limerick for Andy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was cool. really good.
0: Yeah, it was good. Um, they also conclude that Jackie's the better beer drinker between the two. Uh, between her and Jen Fessler. Um, Andy then asks a viewer question about. Uh, this is oh my fucking god! This pissed me off. Um, she asks a viewer question like. Melissa stealing wine glasses and saying she wanted, you wanted to drunk dial your ex or whatever. It seemed like you went crazy in Ireland and she's like, yeah, you know, I just had a fun time or whatever, or whatever. It was just, I, I got a little too tipsy and stuff like that. And Teresa goes, and my brother was fine with you saying that about drunk dialing the ex. And Melissa's like, okay, you are clearly like twisting something fun And Teresa's like, you know, she's married and she has children and she shouldn't be saying that. And I was like, fuck off, Teresa. I'm so, so dumb. does everything have to be fucking like a, a, like a, like this feud, everything has to be this feud.
1: Nothing can be just like, yeah. You know, it's like, have you never heard the stereotype of someone getting drunk and drunk dialing their ex? Sure. Like that, that's what she was making fun of. She wasn't actually talking about calling up an old boyfriend. Like, fuck off. Melissa's like, you call people see you next
0: Tuesdays and you have children or whatever. And Teresa's like, uh, I had a reason for that. She talked about my daughter. And Jackie's like, fuck, are we bringing this up again? <laughs> like, <laughs> like let's, just, let's go back to season fucking seven and five and yeah. two. Like, shit. Like, I'm so over it. And, and Melissa's like, it was a joke. It's funny. Laugh. Funny. Ha ha.
1: So good. good call I thought out. it was good. And even Dolores is like I thought it was funny. Oh the tree huggers were on that one. They were like I ain't stealing here. I was like shut the fuck up. It's like it's one th- Again, it's one thing if Teresa
0: is right about the long scale like aspect of this relationship, but like why did the tree huggers or anyone care about this shit? It's just because petty.
1: because they don't realize that Melissa is mocking her. Yeah. She's not actually trying to use that phrase and make it her phrase. She's mocking Teresa's use of it.
0: Yeah. Andy asked Teresa about her not, not wanting strippers uh, when they were doing her bachelorette. And Jennifer says, like, you know, Teresa's just not into that stuff. And Teresa says, you know, I told him that if I, you know, I was into, like, Channing Tate, Taman. Oh, Lord. And I was like, Oh, God. And they're like, just say magic, Mike, magic, Mike. And then she's like, oh, yeah, Magic Mike. And then Melissa goes, you say that while you're married?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. But I know, I know. I get it. If she just fired that shit at me, you better believe I'm returning that shit. Return the motherfucking cinder.
0: Um, The men start showing up into their separate dressing rooms.
1: Oh, um, this whole shit.
0: And Louis is just shirtless. Ew. I was like, put a fucking shirt on, dude. Like
1: what are we doing here,
0: guys? Everyone else is like fully dressed. Um, Joe goes, I love you guys. And Frank goes, it's not like you have family to love. Jesus Ooh. Christ Frank is opinionated, uh, this reunion. Uh yeah. Um, I think he's furious. Yeah. There's a then they play like there's a compilation of all of them like not knowing words and like turns of phrases of things. Um Jennifer says that she learned the term booger wolf from her friend in Arkansas. hmm Which I that makes sense. And Jen Fesser's like, honestly, I used it like twenty times since you said it. So I mean it's I mean um, Danielle uh, viewers like Danielle conversing is actually a word in the dictionary. You were right to use it. And Margaret was like, and Danielle's like, yeah, it feels good. And Margaret's like, it's a slang word. They put it in after they put and,
1: every word in after. Do you think that Merriam-Webster just makes up words, puts them in the dictionary, and then waits for people to adopt them? Right, that's not how this works.
0: And then Danielle's like, Danielle's like joking and is like, come on, Margaret, just admit it. And Margaret goes. I wouldn't ju- you. I just wouldn't use it on a college application. I was like, okay, that's kind of mean.
1: Yeah, like I, I, was not with Margaret here.
0: Margaret, in ha- the Teresa stuff, I'm with her. But there are also certain things that Margaret like was yeah. annoying me. Like to be honest, um, Andy asked about Margaret's relationship with Jan's kids, and they bring up Jan's passing, um, right. um, which is obviously really sad. Um, they talk about uh, also Margaret and, Relate- and Rachel bonding over Jane's adoption, and Margaret like gets teary and th- says that, uh, that Rachel's such a good mother, mm-hmm. and sort of that they talked about it a lot in the process and stuff like that. Um, the topic comes up about Margaret saying that she gave Joe blowjobs in the car, <laughs> and she was like, it's just for special occasions, and Andy kind of shading Margaret a little bit goes... I maybe unintentionally, but he goes It was intentional. I mean your relationship started when you were with Jan, so maybe you had less places to do it. Jesus I was like, Christ. wow, Andy. Pointed much. Andy asked Teresa, um who do you think is having more sex between the two of you, uh, between you and Margaret? And Teresa's like, I mean, I think we're probably having about the same amount. And I'd also put Dolores in there. And Dolores is like, no.
1: Like, Dolores I love- blushes. I didn't know someone who was that tan could blush. <laughs> yeah. But bitch blushed.
0: She's, yeah, she's very sensitive about like,
1: She's kind of a prude. It was it's she's not a prude cuz she wasn't mad at it, but no. she like coquettishly like was grinning. It was really sweet. I thought it was great.
0: Um Annie asked Margaret, "What's the difference between Jen and Teresa saying that you're a bit better friend than an enemy versus when Jackie um had said it previously?" And Margaret's basically like, "The difference was that they were forewarning the new girls." Yeah, you know, which I yeah, I get and Jackie is like, you know, all I said was that she's a formidable enemy. Not that she's like a bad person, which I do agree. I wish they would have delved into not less of the um, better friend than the enemy thing that Jackie said that they also said. I wish they delved into the arsenal thing because the arsenal comment Jackie said verbatim. Yep, and (laughs) and it's like that one. I don't see the difference.
1: I would need to go back and look at it to see if there's a difference. I don't particularly remember. It's on one of the It's Jackie. one of the
0: uh, after shows, so it's, uh. yeah. But it's it's very similar. Um, Teresa said that yo, uh, and, and Teresa's like, Andy, I actually only said it because Jackie said it, and Jackie's like, okay, what? Like whatever your excuses this time um Andy asked Margaret where she gets all of her information from (laughs) this was so stupid he asked this and then Teresa goes Teresa points to Andy goes ask her ask her where she gets it from and Andy goes I am I just did (laughs) like can you listen can you pay attention for two seconds Uh. and then Margaret goes what have I revealed other than the Bill Aiden cheating rumor and then Teresa goes um, my boyfriend at the time, the Evan and Jackie cheating rumor. And, and everyone's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. And Teresa's like, look, I heard the Evan, Jackie cheating rumor. I heard it from my brother who heard it from Melissa, who heard it from Margaret. I'm sorry. That's just a lie. Like that's just an outright lie. You know how I know it's a lie when it came up on season 11, who was the first person you told about it? Teresa Margaret.
1: Yeah. Why would you tell Margaret if she was the origin of it? You wouldn't. Oh, my God. Also, even if that was a, a, even if, let's take that and say that Margaret started that rumor. Who brought it on camera? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but like you but, did, but that's what the, you I exposed it to the world. That's also
0: what amazes me about the tree huggers. They can find like the menu clip from like season four, episode six in like the 20 minute, whatever mark of this innocuous thing that does kind of seem hypocritical now, but they can't like notice that Teresa just like does lies that are so obviously Blatant. proven. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Margaret says that she tried to get Laura on the show uh, and that she attempted to, and that Laura was told by someone else on the show that the way to get on is to cause drama. And then Teresa goes, no, you tried to get her on the show. And Margaret goes, I just said that. <laughs> and yeah. And Andy's like, that's what she just said. Like, are you not she, listening? She, no,
1: she's not. She, she's not listening. She
0: just, that's my frustration too, is like, she came with the plan. Like the whoever was the head of the tree hugger council or whatever, fucking gave her the plan. Louie? Maybe <laughs> Louie, but it was like, mention storylines that everyone, that it's all just about wanting storylines. Mention, you know, this thing, this thing, and just put it out whenever. Mm-hmm. And she's just not listening in the conversation, not being in the moment. And yeah. it's like, I don't know. Um, Jennifer says that she met with Laura because last season was airing at the time that And she was mad. Like it it was at the time in which things were airing. Jennifer was still very mad about the market stuff, which I get. I get like, if you're in that headspace, like you're going to be open to that. And then it was also weird. Andy reveals this. I don't know where Andy got this. Cause it wasn't like they brought up the fact that Jennifer told Melissa, like someone on the cast brought this up on the show or elsewhere. And he's just like, so I know that you apparently told Melissa before all this about the rumor. Yeah, that... I, I was like, where did Andy get that, though? I have no clue. And and Danielle looks shocked by this. And Jennifer's like, you know, I basically, like, I, told, I brought this to Melissa, and she said this, essentially the same thing that she said at the party, which was that I already know about this, and Teresa's trying to break up my marriage. Right. Whatever. Um, Andy asks, okay, but then why bring it up to Danielle? And Margaret goes, because she went to acting school. <laughs> Um, Danielle's again, like just shocked. And she's like, I didn't know about any of this. Uh, and the left side of the couch is basically like, look, they were trying to like, do you, like you were manipulated, Danielle? Like yeah, they, which, and, and Jennifer's like, I didn't realize how that was going to go down. Um, bullshit. I I think that's bullshit, but I was telling you, it doesn't absolve Jennifer from anything. Right. I mean, I mean, clearly she's blatant that she did it as a plan. Right. Whether it was to take down Margaret or Margaret and Melissa, who cares? Yeah. But like, I think it the the only thing it does is sort of illuminate the part the finale party a little bit more, and why Jennifer didn't want Danielle saying anything. I think because it seemed confusing at the time to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs> Yeah, it, it it made no sense because it's like, look, you already know you said this in front of cameras, so it's gonna be on the season. Right. So you might as well tell like at this point, go ahead and wrap up the storyline. Right. Expose it at the reunion or at the uh finale. Like that that's what you do. We know what you're doing. You're orchestrating the storyline, so wrap it up. Yeah. Like Stop acting like that's not what you were planning from the very beginning. Yeah.
0: I, I just think, like, she no, she knew what Melissa's reaction was going to be, right? When Danielle would have brought that up. And so she knew she would blame Teresa. Right. So I think that that element in her head at the finale party is at least more... It may, That part makes a little more sense to me. At least in that regard. It mm-hmm. doesn't, like it's not Jennifer's uh, blame that it was a plan, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, and Dan, but Danielle reiterates that she doesn't feel set up and that, you know, she says, I choose to believe I'm nobody's pawn. And Margaret's like, but you were though. Yeah. And even Andy goes, I think you might walk away from this, having an opinion about this. Andy's he's yeah. like, think on this uh, fast forward. But then Jennifer kind of gets a good dig at aunt, not at Andy really, but Jennifer's like, I'm sorry, would you have rather me hide it, Andy? Do you like it when housewives hide things? I was like, ooh, shot from afar to Robin Dixon.
1: <laughs> well, what, what was that uh, line from Erica a few years? Sniper from the left. Yeah.
0: It's like, <laughs> wow. Um, and Andy asks if anyone believes the rumor is true. And no one be- says they believe it. Jennifer just says, I, I just believe that Margaret spread it. I don't actually believe the rumor. Um, Melissa said Melissa is asked who she blames most for all of this. And she says that she blames Teresa for talking to her husband without her. Um, and, you know, M- Teresa's like, I you know, defending herself, et cetera, again. And Melissa's like, if it was about Margaret and, show- and showing that Margaret's a bad person, then you would have invited me to the house. Yeah. Which I do agree. Like, you can't make it about getting ahead. Like, she sort of, Teresa should have stuck to the, it was about getting ahead of it thing.
1: I mean, she could have easily told a story of, look, I didn't know if it was true or not, but I owed it to my brother right, to tell him what was going on and let him deal with it because it was really none of my business. Yeah. That would have been the story that is believable. Like, that's the only version of the story that is believable other than the truth, which is that you wanted to break them up because yeah. you hate them.
0: Um, we cut back to the men again. Louis is still shirtless. Um, <laughs> Joe uh, says, you know, this is where I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Joe's like, 13 years, it's never been like this. What? Cut it has to, been like
1: this. Cut to every five seconds for the last 13 years where it's been like this. Do you need to rewatch the season
0: four reunion and how fucking weird and, and crazy that was? It's, it's been awful for a while. Joe uh, Benigno then asks, Okay, so what's the difference in these thirteen years? And I forgot who it was, but goes Nate. <laughs> 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 but basically, making the argument like Louis
1: the difference. I yeah. don't think that's true. I I think that he is a compounding factor.
0: I'm not saying he's a fa- he's not a factor, but again, it's like this isn't. Di-
1: well, my thing is it's not different. I think it has gotten exponentially worse this season.
0: Frank is Frank is saying like it's never gotten to the point it's gotten to now. I guess I I don't know. It just seemed like it's always been this way. Um Melissa and Teresa crossed are cross talking about the meeting and and uh, it's just uh, Don't care. I can't write anything. It's just like gibberish. Mm-hmm. And Andy's like fucking over it. And he's like, you know, uh, I forgot. Oh, why was it like some, They keep saying something about, oh, Melissa's like, don't swear on your kids because that's weak or something. And then and she's like, no, you're weak. And Melissa's like, you're weak. You're weak. And Andy, Andy goes, hold on. And then Melissa says something. And he goes, hold on. Stop. <laughs> and then
1: out there's silence for about two seconds.
0: And then one of them goes. Week and Annie's <laughs> like, I swear to God. Like <laughs> they need to be in timeout. And he's like, You guys are like fucking kindergartners. It's crazy. He's like, You don't grow. You don't evolve. Um, yeah. they they and and as the, this is happening, they still won't stop. And Teresa's like t- Teresa's like, there's just keep going. And then Teresa's like, talk to Louie about it. and Melissa's like, Oh, so is Louie the new bitch boy? Oh, we got a new bitch boy. His day like Melissa was annoying me as much as Teresa in this part. It was like, uh, like, shut up for two seconds, guys. And Andy's like, you guys just keep talking, just keep talking to each other every fucking second. Um, and Teresa's like, I cannot wait to never look at your face ever again after today. And Andy goes, okay, let me know how that goes. Yeah,
1: that was a gag. Yeah, because Andy's done. I would be surprised if Teresa comes back. I think for Melissa, it's 50 50, but I would be surprised as hell. Yeah. If Teresa comes back after the way that she has acted, like she's in charge of all of this shit. Right. Um, Every other time that's happened, they've been fired. Yeah. So
0: we go back to the men again. Louis is still shirtless. Um, Frank then says that Louie fucked him and Frankie Jr. <laughs> I was like, fucked him. Oh I mean, fucked him over.
1: Oh.
0: Um, and it was about like I guess like they closed the company that he was working at and Louie never told Frankie Jr. about yeah. this, essentially. Um, we go back to the main stage. Uh Andy asked about Angie and the co- the coffee reader. Uh Jennifer says it starts out nice and it's like Jennifer's like, so Angie was actually the nurse that looked after No No, and Andy's like, Oh, really? I didn't know that. And they talk about that. And Jennifer's like, and you she had asked me going in, like, am I going into the lion's den? And then Angie said, like, because you know, Melissa never visited Nono. And everyone's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like,
1: <laughs> here we go again. Let's reiterate
0: this shit. And Melissa's like, it's just like run Melissa over with a truck day. <laughs> and, and Teresa goes, it's true. And then, so this, like, they, they do the, like, this. So the, they talk that. And then Andy is then about to read a new question about Bill and Jennifer's marriage and their therapy and stuff like that. So he starts to read it. But then Jennifer then starts interrupting, being like, okay, so Andy, the rest of the story about this cup reader, et cetera, and and why Melissa wasn't there for No-No or whatever – and Andy's just done. And he starts just getting louder as he's reading the question. He just goes at Rachel XX Naro from New Jersey says, has Bill's perception of therapy changed at all since the season
1: ended? And he's like, I'm just going to keep yelling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he has to. Like, I, I get so frustrated with people that are like shitting on Andy. It's like, you would not have done better. Yeah. In fact, I don't know anyone who could have handled this bullshit any better than he did.
0: But it's like that but it's also such a dichotomy of the issue that was such a dichotomy of the issue of this show right now, which is I'm actually interested in Jennifer and Bill's story about their therapy. Yeah. That's the thing I'm actually interested in. But instead, we they they're so focused on like one-upping each other in this like of I've got this receipt and blah 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 yep. and and I'm like I don't fucking care. Yeah. I, I don't, don't care. Like just fucking honestly, tell me about even, your lives. I
1: honestly don't even need Teresa and Melissa at the reunion. Like, they could just leave. Like Jen then, Fessler, tell us more about your mom. Yeah. I don't.
0: I don't care. This isn't like fun anymore. Like fuck. Um, Jennifer's like, tell us about the therapy, and she's like, you know, he that she's not pushing for more therapy from Bill, and that she's more, you know, but they're in a good place. She's more understanding of the whole pool house thing, and she just makes the compromise that she joins him out in the pool house so they can have quality time together, which I thought was nice. Um and Jennifer says that she's happy and then Andy asks Margaret, "Do you think she's happy?" And Margaret goes, "I think this is what she wants
1: in a marriage." That's not an answer. <laughs> I mean, it is. I think I think that Margaret was just saying this is not what would make me happy. I don't know how you can be happy from this, but I guess she is. Yeah. Um,
0: Andy asked about if Margaret can understand that Jennifer's still mad about the affair rumor or the affair stuff coming out, particularly with her children, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Margaret's like, I can understand why she's still mad, but I am not taking responsibilities for her children because based off of that, there was obviously issues going on for years. I thought that was a low blow. But it was
1: accurate. Yes, and no Him hiding in the pool house had shit to do with the affair coming out. Right, but I feel like that would have come out without this. Also, her kids being, having the issues that they're having are because he had an affair, not because Margaret let it out. Jennifer, Jennifer's response to
0: that that she says is like, my daughter found out about it on a TikTok because fucking like it got out in the rumor mill and then like fucking, you know, shit or whatever. I, yeah. Um, Annie then asked like, what about you calling Jennifer like a drug addict? And she, she, he's like, I'm, and he goes like, I'm a pothead. Like it felt like, which we were saying, it felt like weirdly against pot. Like, yeah. And Margaret's like, look, I came on this show putting pot on my puss or whatever. Yeah. The show the, the clip or whatever. And then Margaret goes, this is where I'm like, okay, Margaret, you got to stop. She goes, I am not a vice shamer. But when your vice is your entire lifestyle and everyone... And Jennifer's like, oh, hell no. And I was like, yeah, this that, is verging on a line yeah. that I don't really like. Mm. Because Jennifer... When have we seen Jennifer be like a huge pothead on the show?
1: We haven't. We haven't seen her smoke on camera at all.
0: And so when you say, like, you've made it your lifestyle, to me, it reads as if you're saying... It means, like... It reads like you're saying something about their culture. Yeah. Because... And you like and Margaret has made some comments about like the arranged marriage stuff and so, where it is, it does
1: come off very culturally insensitive sure and i can understand having a critique of arranged marriages from a feminist standpoint but like that's a very nuanced right. thing and not something you just throw out as a barb at a reunion yeah um And this doesn't really seem to have much nuance to it because we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to be nuanced about. You just seem to be referencing the fact that hookah, maybe, I guess, that's the only thing I can think of, is, is part of Middle Eastern culture. Right. Like, other than that, what the fuck does anything have to do with anything yeah and jennifer's like this is why i call her old
0: she has old lady energy andy you have big dick energy she's old lady energy i'm like okay i don't know this was
1: weird i don't know what this has to do with anything i thought it was weird in the preview i thought it was weird here Let's move on.
0: Jennifer is asked if uh, it's hypocritical for her being so upset with Margaret, but she did the same thing to Melissa. Jennifer says that she figured at the time, if they had info on me, they wouldn't be hesitant to share it. And Melissa's like, I never shared any of your info. And Jennifer's like, this was weird. Jennifer's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Melissa, that this ha- happened in the way it did. And this got, got out and, and this whole spiral the way it did. But then she goes, sorry, didn't cut it for me. And I know it's going to take your time. It's like, she has, Say that after she accepts the apology. Don't say that before she does. Um, <laughs> and then Jen Fessler is like, okay, look, uh, the thing I don't understand, setup or no setup, what was the point at the finale to sit Melissa down? And Danielle's like, to, for her to kill it on camera, in, in Danielle's mind. And Jennifer says that Laura was already on social media getting stuff out there. So it was just a matter of time. You would have had to answer for it, Melissa. Um, Andy asked Margaret, uh, that she only seemed to blame Jennifer and not Teresa for meeting with Laura. And Margaret explains that she asked Teresa about this in the first episode when she was at Teresa's house. And at the time she said she wasn't doing anything with the information. And, and Teresa's like, cause we see the clip and Teresa's like, have I done anything? like, have I spread it? Have I said anything on camera? You know, whatever, like I haven't. Um, and Margaret gets asked, um, why things seem to have gone south recently with her and Teresa. It seemed like they were in a better place on the season. And then things have transpired since then. Um and but and she's like, yeah, things have happened. And then this is where she reveals that her child was basically threatened at his work by Louie. Yeah. And again, Teresa's like, what? And that she has the phone records of this. Um and Margaret says that Teresa knows this. Um and Teresa so this was weird. Teresa then, like, and Tamara brought this up on the Two Tees in a Pod podcast, that th- Teresa then starts getting out her phone and starts seemingly, like, texting or, like, se- or looking for something. But she's clearly texting, right? You can yeah. see with her fingers. Um, Margaret says it's a high-level job where no, there are no
1: block calls that would come in. And I think they say it's, like, a landline, too. So it's, yeah. like... You so know. it's not like the hack that Andy was talking about, where people can hack your phone, spoof a number that's in your contacts list, and call you from it.
0: Right. And Andy shows the paper the, because the, Margaret gives her him the paper, and Andy asks, "Is this Louis's number?" And Teresa says, "Yes." But to me, this is my frustrating part as a viewer when I can come up with the defense better than the person. Yeah. Because to me, I would have been like, yes, but Margaret, like, you have his number. There's people here who have his number. How would I know that this was obtained, like, from, like, an o- officer or some, like,
1: agency that looked into this? Right. You could create that on Canva.
0: But Teresa doesn't do that. Teresa goes, yes, that's his number. But, you know, spoofing, I'm like. You don't know what spoofing is.
1: Yeah bitch (laughs) somebody gave you that word and did not give you a definition and his
0: name is louis uh um andy and like you said andy says something about how apparently there is some like big hack where all the housewives are getting like spoof calls from each other and stuff like that
1: but like i was just saying like this is a landline the thing he was talking about is where someone can hack your phone gain access to your contacts list and then spoof a call to you from a number on your contacts list so that you will answer
0: one. Cause Andy's like, when I pick it up though, no one is saying anything on the other end. And Teresa goes, well, mine do mine, mine. They say it on mine. And Teresa's like, I talked to private investigators about this, about the spoofing like ring or whatever. That's interesting. Girl. And Melissa's like, okay, but the number, like you said, the number has to be stored on your phone. And Teresa goes, no, it doesn't.
1: No, I I did my research. Why does this sound like what's his name that was like, oh, no, you have to swear on the Bible when oh you're sworn. Oh, my swe- God. That's true. <laughs> uh, no, I was sworn on the Bible. I'm sure you chose the. be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It just reminded me of no, that you're anyway totally right.
0: you're totally right uh Teresa says he did not call her child and uh, margaret says it's true and Teresa says then do something about it okay <laughs> Mar- melissa's like but it's right here and shows the paper and then Teresa goes sister-in-law you want a storyline what's not even
1: her story what does this have to do with the story like this is where it's like okay now you just regurgitating shit like it's just word salad. You're just throwing it across the room. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> Dolores is like, I don't want it to be true. And Margaret uh, says that she called Dolores the day it happened and that she was like a mess on the phone. And Teresa goes, Why didn't you tell me <laughs> to Dolores? And Dolores goes, I mean, she told me that you knew. <laughs> but Teresa being like, Dolores, why didn't you tell me this? Yeah. Teresa, um, and Andy tries to ask another question. And Teresa goes, Oh, Andy, look at this. I just got two missed phone calls from Margaret Josephs, And she's right here on the couch. And Rachel goes, Louie's watching Teresa. I think that's the irony. Yeah. <laughs> like that's clearly Tamara was saying it. It's clearly who she was texting. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa says, Margaret called people in Louie's past. And Margaret's like, I never, Margaret makes a comment of, I never want to see his sham of a face again. And he goes, well, you're about to,
1: <laughs> Oh boy.
0: Teresa, and then they just start yelling at each other. And Teresa goes, you're the devil. You're, and Teresa's eyes are like bugging. It was really scary. Uh, yeah. And, Mar- mm. and Margaret goes, and you are a criminal. And so is he. And then you laughed at this. <laughs> Teresa goes, you're a criminal. Cause look, you put the rumor out about
1: Jackie and Evan. And, and we were like, that's a crime. That that's not a. You went to prison, honey. I know you like to say you just went away, but you went to prison. You had an orange jumpsuit with your inmate number on it. What penal code is like spreading rumors about affairs with your friends? Like I don't. I'm pretty sure that that's not a thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Margaret then makes a comment that Louis belittles Teresa and Teresa gets really upset about it. And she's like, Oh, he belittles me? No, that's not true. When does he belittle me? And she go, and Teresa goes, Jen Fessler, he belittles me. And Jen Fessler's like, leave me out
1: of this. Like <laughs> Jen Fessler's like, Now why I in it?
0: <laughs> like, how am I gonna answer that? Like <laughs> Andy gets fed up again with both of them and, and Margaret and Teresa, and he just goes, You're both acting like assholes. Like yeah. Um. The friends then get dismissed. And then we see the husband's preparing to come out. And it's like real dramatic. And then we see cut to Danielle's trailer. And Danielle just telling they they set me up. They set me up. Yeah. <laughs> like full hot mic moment. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She realized, she realized it, but didn't want to say it on, on the I, stage. I think Jennifer, I think it was just hitting her and she wasn't able to really process it because everything was happening yeah. in the moment. And so she just went with, I'm still on the same side. I'm still on the same side. I'm still on the same side. And then like when the heat got off of her, she really started to think about it because nobody was talking to her. Right. Like she sat there for the last 10 minutes, just kind of with nobody and talking stewed. to her and stewed. And then the second she got off the stage, she's like, Holy fuck. Yeah. They fucking used me.
0: Yeah. Um, the men are starting to file on stage and stuff like that. Annie goes to Louie backstage and it's like he's basically it's like, I'm really worried that things are gonna get physical. Like, and he's like, Andy goes, I'm the first in line there, and I'm gonna get the shit beat out of me if it does. <laughs> and Louie's like, Oh no, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, and Louis Louie's like, Thanks for looking out.
1: What? He's looking out for him, motherfucker. You're the one that turns into a fucking tomato at the drop of a hat.
0: Yeah. Everyone starts heading out. Louie sits down and Margaret turns to, I think like Joe or someone and goes, I'm not even saying hi to Louie. <laughs> Why does she keep doing this? We get it. Just don't do it. You don't have to tell people. And Andy tells Joe Gorga, like, you do not get out of your chair. And then this is the end of the second episode, and we're going to see all the husband stuff next week. And he says it's really explosive and crazy and um, really impactful. I hope so, because like literally, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like I, I like, mm-hmm. yeah this this episode not my favorite. <laughs> um, um, Jer- we said it already. Jersey needs a revamp, and um, yep, yeah they need to get it done um we're going to take a quick commercial break though but in light in more positive uh discussions we're going to be talking about the premiere of the newest season of real housewives of orange county don't go anywhere
1: Welcome back to Again Is MB. Let's head out west for a cool, refreshing slice of Orange County. Yay! This was a good first episode. Oh, it was so good. I'm. I think Orange County's back. Oh yeah.
0: I I like season sixteen. Like was a little bit back. It it wasn't perfect, but it was a little better. This I I really enjoyed this episode. This
1: and, was everything I wanted from Housewives. This was. Fun and there was drama, but it was light and it was everything that we haven't been getting lately. Yeah. And it just it was the balance was right. Oh, like it, it was, was so good. It was
0: really good. Obviously, this is the big season where Tamra is now back full time. Um, I think this was an incredibly smart move. I think I oh, think yeah. it's gonna pay off really well because I think Tamara um is a good leader. I, I think it was, I was happy Heather came back last season, mm-hmm. but I don't think Heather can lead a franchise.
1: No, I think no. Tamra is much more suited in that role. She's a, she's a good second seat. Yeah. She's a good second seat, but you need a Tamara in the first.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we start with this, like, full Tamra motorcycle scene, like, driving and, like, yeah. all these flashbacks and stuff like that. And everyone in the cast being, like, worried about, like, you know, that Tamra's coming for them, and, et cetera, and all this stuff. And, like, she does the full, like, take the helmet off, full, like, hair flip, like, you know, slow-mo, like. We love to see it. Yeah. Um, but then she, we see her just go straight to her house and then Eddie is cooking. I missed Eddie. Eddie's a great house husband and I think he's very underrated. Yep. He's really charming. And, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy him a lot. Yeah. Um, Tamara says like, when I left the show, I was in a
1: bush. (laughs) Cut to her literally in a bush with Gina.
0: That was literally her last scene, which is crazy to think. And she's like, it's not how I wanted to leave the show. And she says, I'm back with a different perspective and I I don't always have to call everyone out. And she goes, I hope I stick to that, but who knows? You won't, but that's okay. That's why we love you. It was interesting. Also this episode, they kind of had to do a little fourth wall breaking in in terms of the main story, Mm -hmm. but I didn't mind it. And I thought it weaved
1: well enough to where I didn't, it didn't take me out of it. Yeah. And I'm fine with a little, like acknowledge the fact that you're on a fucking TV show. I'm fine with that. Yeah. As long as we're not like, constantly like seeing the camera crew, then we're good. Yeah. I'm fine.
0: We found out they sold their Kodo house and they moved back to the old house that they remodeled now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Tamara's mom, Sandy is now living with them in their casita. Um, she's funny too. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eddie makes a comment about like, Oh, you're trying to get me drunk and take advantage of me. And then since I don't do anal <laughs> and she's like, that's not what I've heard about you, which is funny because there yep. were all those gay rumors about yep. him on the show.
1: Yeah. I'm glad
0: we can joke about that. Um, Eddie talks about how he's planning his early retirement. And Sandy makes a joke about, you know, if you want like a nice part time job, I can get you a job at Costco giving out samples. <laughs> and t- Eddie's like, so excited. <laughs> like, my, like,
1: dream my dream job. It's <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That, my mom used to be not at Costco, but it, she used to do the sample the wine
1: sample yeah right.
0: it, it i hate like is that like a, i guess a thing for like retirees
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean it's it's a step up from like the door greeter
0: yeah 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 exactly um we do sadly find out that they uh they had to sell cut fitness oh uh, that is heartbreaking uh because like after covid and stuff like that their business just kind of took a dip um, Tamra, uh, Tamra makes Did it dip out. A, no, it actually, <laughs> we're, it actually we're
1: re, we are retiring
0: that phrase. Please burn it. Um, <laughs> um, Tamra makes a comment about how Sandy's boyfriend, David has been spending the night, uh, over at the casita and she's worried that they're, they're, they're making boning sounds. That'll be heard by, um, Sophia, her daughter. Cause her window is like literally above them mm-hmm. and that they were testing it out, uh, <laughs> Um, s- producer asked uh, Tamara is Sandy a screamer and Tamara goes like mother like daughter
1: oh my god I did ne- not need to know that yeah
0: some people get annoyed by like the sex talk on Housewives sometimes I thought this was a fun scene where I balances. thought it was fun I mean Tamara has the history of cringiest scene with that bathtub scene Ugh. but like,
1: like people give uh, Meredith on uh um uh Salt Lake a lot of flack for it but it was Tamara Tamra, Tamra yeah. started that shit
0: it's all Tamara's fault um Shannon and Emily uh go on a walk with their dogs Archie and Fisker um we find out from Shannon that Sophie is uh in school now in college has a boyfriend um that it's like apparently like a religious school like I'm assuming like a Catholic school or something like that um
1: No aren't they aren't they Mormon? Y- I think so. Yeah. So that it would be a Mormon school. Yeah. But, uh, probably in Salt Lake. Yeah, and they talk
0: about, like, um that they can't have, like, premarital sex and stuff like that. And Shannon's like, you got to test it out or whatever. And I'm like, it's weird hearing you talk about your daughter wanting your daughter to have premarital sex. Yeah. Seems weird.
1: Um, But that's Shannon. I mean, <laughs> don't get stuck with a dud. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, you got to test out the equipment. Um, They... they give the dogs water and Emily starts drinking out of the dog bowl to like girl. Emily is just doing like prop comedy nowadays. (laughs) I guess. Can we talk about her tagline by the way? Oh my God. If you're, what was it? If you're going to come at me, at least have a taco. Like what the
1: fuck? (laughs) I guess she's just embracing the eating bit. I don't know. Yeah. It's like weird. That may be like weirdest tagline of all time. Uh, maybe it makes sense throughout the season because they do the taglines at the end.
0: Yeah. Emily talks about like, I heard a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human. So it's fine. <laughs> um, Emily brings. So they talk then about Tamara coming back. And Emily brings up the, what Tamara's been saying about her in, like, the press, that she, Emily's a very angry girl and that Emily was dancing on her grave when she got fired. Um, Shannon says that Tamara goes below the belt and that uh, there's a lot said about her that isn't, about Shannon that isn't accurate by her. Emily's like, well, the last time we were all around together, like, you seemed like you were best friends. And Shannon's like, yeah, I mean, we were best friends for, like, six years. Like, Emily goes, so what happened? And Shannon goes, she got fired. Huh? And so it's like, ooh, we're going right for it. Um Shannon's like says that she attempted to stay in touch, but they didn't connect. And we see like this like this compilation of Shannon and Tamara's friendship, which is just like, uh, I was there for her baptism. She was there when I took my ring off for the first time. I gave her an enema. <laughs> Jeez. Oh um, um Shannon's insisting that they just they miss phone calls with each other. Like, miss, like, telephone. But now, any chance she gets in an interviews and podcasts, Tamara spreads falsehoods about how, like, Tamra, Shannon ghosted her, essentially. But
1: Tamara's not the first one. This is a story we've heard repeatedly from XOC Housewives. That, cha- that basically, once you leave OC, Shannon
0: doesn't really talk to you anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it tracks. Yeah. Um. But Tamara is insisting that she told the truth and that Shannon doesn't reach out to her. And then Shannon, her confessional, says... Tamara wants to try to push my button so that it gets to a point where I do go to the press and we have this big argument that everyone knows about. And then she becomes relevant again. Ooh. And then Tamara in her
1: confessional, because it's like a side by side. Tamara just goes, truth hurts, bitch. I liked that they were doing this side-by-side thing because they started mm-hmm. it on uh, Girls Trip 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they had like the side-by-side confessionals that seemed like they were talking back and forth
0: to each other. They haven't really done that on Main Housewives before.
1: No, but it it's nice because they were finally getting into seasons that were filmed after that. Yeah. So it's, it's clearly a new direction that Bravo is taking, and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. And Emily basically
0: is like, I want you two to have resolution in this. And Shannon's like, I do too, but I will stand up for myself. Yeah. So, yeah. um, We tend to see both Gina and Emily in separate parts, like deal, having scenes with their kids. Cause, and they're, it's also, they're very both talking about like, so it's summer break. And so the kids are here and I kind of want to kill myself. <laughs> it was very much just like, they were definitely like, yeah,
1: well, and it's, their kids are a lot. Well, Yes, but also Emily's not used to being the stay-at-home one. She's um, used to working her ass off and Shane being the stay-at-home.
0: Right, and she talks about how Shane, because now Shane's past the bar, so Mm -hmm. now he's doing more work as an attorney, so now she has to sort of like be the stay-at-home mom more now and take more charge of the kids. Um, and there was also like, cause Emily's, cause Emily's picking them up from like the Y or something. And Emily tells one of her kids, like or one of her sons, like, you know, I heard you got into trouble or whatever at school. And you know that if you get into trouble at school, you all, just, so you know, you also get in trouble at home. And he goes, okay, like <laughs> nonchalantly. And I was like, you little shit. Like, I'm going to, like, if I, sp- if I said like something like that, in response to that, I would not hear the end of it. Like.
1: I do not advocate for spanking children. No, me either. But I definitely grew up in that kind of a house. I would have gotten the taste slapped out of my mouth. Yeah. It's, like, it's, I just, I don't, I
0: couldn't fathom. Yeah. We find out from Gina that the co-parenting relationship with her ex is working out really well. With his, with his ex, her ex, and her his new girlfriend, and then, obviously, with Gina and her uh, new boyfriend. So, it's like, mm. you know, it's seemingly in a good place right now, um, which is good.
1: Well, that's good, considering he's awful human being. Yeah,
0: well... Gina's ex, right? I mean, yes, he did, obviously, the stuff about assaulting and... Yeah, that, like, that,
1: he was scary. I hope, I really hope he's reformed himself, it seems I, like it. I hope he has, too, but we have not seen evidence of that. Yeah. So, I just... I'm going on the last information we had, which was he was a scary piece of shit.
0: Yeah, and then again with Emily's kids, like Emily's at the drive thru getting them food or whatever, and Emily's daughter is like mocking her and like 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 lip-syncing off of what she's saying, like mocking her. And I'm like, you guys need to, ooh, you read Shane. your mother. But in fairness, you're Shane's kids. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, Emily says being a stay at home mom is what I always wanted for my children. However, it's this constant pull between wanting to be a mom and wanting to drive your car off of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go to, uh, Heather, the bro's castle, essentially pretty much. Uh, I love her house. Yeah. Which she just sold recently. Oh, uh, I know. Oh, oh a yeah. knife to the heart. She spent so much time building that thing, and you're not gonna live it for more than like a couple years. It takes that long to learn where everything's at. Yeah, um, but she's bringing Terry home because Terry just had
1: meniscus surgery. I Her- have had that surgery. It is rough. Yeah, did you have your leg slammed into the wall like Tether did to Terry? No, but I did have to climb stairs every time I wanted to go to the bathroom. We did not have an elevator in my dorm. That helps. The elevator helps.
0: Oh God. Um, Heather talks about how Max and Nikki are off to college now. She's like, and they have dorms with like laundry service. Now we never had that back in the day. Yeah. It's like, but also they don't have do- like, it's like, she says they have dorms with laundry service as if all colleges do now. It's like, no, the college that your kids are going to is not the college. Everyone's going to
1: No, you the college that your kids are going to. They still have the champs button. Like, yeah. I don't-
0: <laughs> um, Heather talks about how she had a chat with Emily. And Heather is like thinking about like that. She hasn't really talked to Gina for a while, like seemingly Mm -hmm. since filming. And Emily says that like, you know, I've kind of been in that same position where Gina kind of like forgets your friendship or whatever. Um, She said that was,
1: I mean, because if you remember two years ago, that was their they had a big falling out and had to kind of rebuild.
0: Yeah. Um, Heather says that Gina's canceled on her for events, but we'll then she'll then go on social media and see her doing other events with like Emily and stuff like that. And then Terry's like, I think what it is is that some people might think of not inviting us to events because it's not fancy enough. And Heather's like that's ridiculous. And I'm like,
1: is it? Because Gina literally then says that later. Yeah, cuz <laughs> it's like
0: I I wouldn't invite like like I would be so fucking self-conscious inviting to you like a, to like a pizza party like sort of like casual. I'm world. not
1: inviting Heather motherfucking to bro to the to the fucking Chuck E. Cheese for a kid's birthday party I'm not doing it I
0: mean we see it later She literally prepares picnic baskets For like sporting like day events in like the. it's like
1: But in the picnic baskets It's not even like stuff in Ziploc baggies They're in like these fancy bamboo yeah. And glass Like what the fuck Right
0: um, Heather is like I want to be friends But I just can't keep chasing her So I, we got to figure this out Um, We go to, Tamara and Eddie are going bowling with um, Jen, who is the newest housewife, Mm -hmm. um, and Ryan, and Jen has been not
1: the same Jen and Ryan we just had on the show. Literally. Different Jen and Ryan.
0: Just switch out plastic surgery uh, uh, office with yoga studio and like-
1: Oh, wait. Wasn't his name Ryan? Oh, it was Ryan. (laughs) Not Jen and Ryan. It's Jen and Ryan. Oh, for God's sake.
0: Um, Jen's been friends with Tamra for years, apparently, and she was a regular at cut fitness and, uh, J- Tamra's also trained her for like fitness competitions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The producer and the professor asks, what does she do for a living? And Tamara goes, she's a hooker. <laughs> and the producer goes, so you guys got along <laughs> and Tamra goes, what do you think? Who do you think trained her? <laughs> See, this is why
1: I love Tamra.
0: Yeah. Jen is organizing a, like, hot yoga event in the park for her thing because she wants to do more, like, sort of outreach outdoor mm-hmm. events to promote her business. Um, Eddie talks to them about closing cut, um, and Tamara's talking about how she's kind of concerned about what will sort of fill that void for Eddie because it was never about the money to him. It was his outlet to sort of, like, you know, yeah. be fulfilled in hey, that but regard. he's got
1: Costco now. So there, There's that. <laughs> Sell those little uh, cheese cubes. Um, Jen, uh, he's not doing cheese cubes. They've got him on the Swedish meatballs, right? <laughs> Dressing on the side. Um, Jen,
0: <laughs> we found out that Jen met Ryan at cut that Ryan was also a regular at cut. And Tamara says that like, he was kind of like this, like Rico Suave character that would stare in the mirror all the time. So kind of like,
1: which I, I don't, get that vibe, but like, it doesn't really, like, I get the vibe, but it doesn't match with his look.
0: Jen literally says, I first thought he was a gym douche. Well. He, he doesn't do anything bad this episode, but l- I, there's just a vibe about him that I find I'm a little. I'm just waiting
1: for the shoe to drop, really, is what it is. Like, I
0: talked about how it's, like, like similar to Ralph on Atlanta, uh, well. where it just feels a little put on. A little bit to me, and Jen doesn't feel that way. Like I feel like Jen, I actually yeah. kind of like Jen for the little the little we've seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Tamara asked if they'll ever get married, and Ryan says, "You know, since we met at Cut, they'll get we'll get married at Cut." And I'm like, "Are you joking? Because it's closed. That you're never gonna get married with her?
1: Is that what you're saying?" I I didn't get that, but now that you say it, yes, you know what I mean. That's, that's what it sounds like. I thought it was more of a, well, it's empty now, so I guess we can have a wedding there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, again, either way, the joke is crass. Yeah, it's a
0: weird joke. So Gina is going over to Heather's house to drop off some gifts for Max and Nikki for um, college. And Heather's like, yeah, come on over. You know, I'll, let, I'll put you on the list for the gate. And Heather and her confessional: no one ever pops by my house. It's not a thing.
1: It's behind three gates. And you wonder why people don't ask you to things.
0: Yeah, um, G- uh, Heather's showing Gina the like, um, like the makeup of the dorm, the, the whatever college they're going to. They can go on and do like the interactive map where they rearrange everything or whatever. And Gina's like, I literally went to Bed Bath and Beyond with a coupon for my dorm, and I got a few posters and I hung them up. And Gina's like, my dorm room looks like a prison cell, and I'm doing just fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, this felt like not even first world problems, like zero th- yeah. world problems.
0: Speaking So can we also talk, so Gina comes in, and Heather's uh, assistant is with her or whatever. And Heather's like, oh, we're doing a Starbucks run, Gina, do you want anything? And she's like, yeah, give me, I'll just take like a cold brew, whatever. And then they have this conversation about the dorm rooms, right? Where they show uh-huh. them on the iPad. And then they head towards the outside. And the, the
1: assistant's there with the coffee. This was like the quickest fucking Starbucks run I've ever seen. Even I was if like, they placed the order online and just had to go pick it up and bring it back, you got through all three of those gates? I was like, do you have a
0: Starbucks in the house? Is that something
1: we? Is that an addition we didn't learn about? Like, because we watched all the videos <laughs> touring your new house, Heather. We did not see the Starbies. Like, like I would not be surprised. I genuinely. would. I wouldn't be. Oh, you know what it is? They, um, they converted um, uh, her husband's office since he doesn't work really from home. Yeah. They converted that office into a Starbucks. It's fine. Christ. They haven't fully staffed.
0: Um Gina tells Heather about how she's working to get her real estate license and go back to school for it. And Heather's like, "Oh my god, Nikki's studying to be a real estate agent too. Like you should get in touch." And Gina and Russell's like, "Um, he's a child." <laughs> like, I <laughs> Like, I'm getting, I need to get money, like, now. Like, I'm, like, I need, I have kids I have to take to college. So, like. Yeah. Um, Heather then asks about, like, why she's been MIA. And then Gina talks about, like, you know, yeah, my summers have been really busy. And, you know, I went to New York and, you know, uh, because of it and or whatever. And Heather's like, oh, I totally get, like, summers being busy. But, like, never, like, a text or, like, a call. And then Gina starts talking about, like, what's been happening. And it feels like she's, th- and then it's like all these crossfades and Heather's like, like cameras like tilted to the side to where it's like, she's just like listening, but not listening. They and, really
1: did this shady. Like I, did
0: but it, but it feels like Gina was talking about like 20 different things, by the way. Cause it was like, Oh, I have social anxiety.
1: Oh. And then the kids. Oh. And the, it's like, well, As someone who frequently deals with compounding issues that all have to do with why you didn't do a certain thing, it's really frustrating. It's like, why are you minimizing? You ask the explanation. She's giving you an explanation. The least you, like, owe her is listening to that explanation. If you're going to hold it against her, listen. Well, and then Heather goes, I feel like Gina's avoiding the conversation. Do you want to be
0: in the friendship or not? You're avoiding the situation or well, the, the
1: conversation. But that's
0: the thing. It's like she just it's like I just want to know like she's like I just want the answer right now. And I you have I, I think this is a good time to bring it up. You have had a theory in the past about Heather DeBro, because you're a big Heather DeBro fan. I am, and people I are a little wa- other people are kind of wishy-washy on her. Some people think she's a little too pretentious and all that.
1: I think she is a little pretentious. But, but you yeah.
0: you had a theory that she's neurodivergent. And oh, I, th- I,
1: I very fully do believe so. And I so. think it's really valid. Yeah, I just, I don't think that, I, I don't think she's autistic. That doesn't resonate for me, but I think she could be ADHD. And, um like the inattentive to the conversation and not able to really focus on what she was saying. Like she
0: had a plan in her head of what the conversation would end like. So when right. it's not there and she's exhibited this in the past too. Yeah. Like she's like okay, but why not just get, like okay, but this is what I care about. Like get to the point.
1: Yeah. It it's very um it 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 rings true to me um as someone that is both autistic and ADHD. Like so I I see that and see the connection there, but it's also just very frustrating. Like I I was very frustrated in this moment by Heather because I also love Gina Mm. and I'm like, girl, if you want to know what's going on in her life and you want to be her friend, then you should be actively concerned if she has this laundry list of things going on, you should care about that because that sounds like a lot. And it sounds like something that I don't know, a friend should be listening to.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Heather tells about how she saw her at this like charity event with Emily together and it's like, it just feels like, when you know, it's not always being reciprocated. And so I wonder, like, if this is like a one-sided friendship. And Gina's like, I just don't think all the time, you know, about inviting you to events because they're not as fabulous. Literally what Terry said. <laughs> and Gina's like, you know, I but I should, though. And, I, and I'll work on that. And Heather goes, yeah, you should. <laughs> literally like that. And I was like, oh, wow, Heather.
1: I think... I think that it's because Gina's probably the last in, the, in a long list of people that have done this to the DeBros. Yeah. And I feel like maybe she's just fed up with it. Well, and Gina's always
0: already gotten a reputation of kind of being the cheap one yeah. of the group and not having the money like everyone else does. Well, she
1: does have a small house.
0: She does have a small house. I mean, and, and everyone's kind of a lot of people were dragging her online last season feeling like the reason she was like butting up with Heather was
1: like. I didn't understand that because while we are both broke hoes, yeah, I'm not attracted to Heather because of the things that I can get from her. I'm attracted to her because she has this nice balance of high-end pretentiousness, but also being accessible and she seems real. Mm. Like she doesn't a lot of super rich people seem hella fake. And she, while very poised and very elegant, right, still feels in a way down to earth and accessible and real and relatable. Yeah. And I don't think that there's a lot of people in that tax bracket that feel that way. Right. And ex- having somebody that is that rich that you can also go, okay, but I could actually be friends with you. Right. Like, we could relate on things. I mean, the riches are not bad, though. <laughs> No, 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 they're not. Absolutely not. But its I'm not somebody who can take gifts very easily. Mm. So it's not like I would be using her for her money. Would I be attending her fabulous parties and feeling far underdressed? Absolutely. But that's not why I would be friends with her. I'd be friends with her because I think she's an interesting person.
0: Yeah. Gina in her confessional goes... Heather DeBro does not want to come to a dive bar where they're not serving food. Heather DeBro just wants to be invited to the dive bar so
1: she, she can say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's not, enough, um, there's not enough sanitation wipes to wipe off a bar stool. F- no. For Heather Dubrow. Um. We,
0: we then go to Jen's house, and we, so we get our first kind of real introduction on sort of Jen's life, and she talks about her house kind of being a three-ring circus. She has five kids, including one adopted son, and 12 animals.
1: Jeez.
0: It, yeah, it did seem like a lot. Um, and then, but then we find out, okay, so like she seems sort of normal, like sort of whatever. What's her tick, right? Mm-hmm. Her tick is that apparently her and her ex-husband share this house. Yeah. And basically we find out that he, his name's Will. He lives in Oklahoma and is, they, they both got married in Oklahoma and they started in Oklahoma and he's still at this point still working on in her family business. <sighs> and instead of moving the kids back and forth, basically, she'll just go stay at Ryan's when he's into town staying at the house.
1: It just seems real awkward. Yeah. And because j- his stuff is everywhere. Yeah. And then it's like, like they had this whole bit where it's like, Whose shoes are these? Oh, these are Will's shoes. Well, would Will mind if I move the shoes over?
0: It's like, and Ryan makes a joke about trying something on. She's like, "You're not funny." <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, Jen basically is like, I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase with Ryan at this point, and I, 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 I know I should move on and like maybe move, move in with him, but like I want to know who he is. That's fair. Yeah, which is smart. Good head on her shoulders, I'll say. Um, and then we get more layers later. Um, we then go to Heather who's organized, um, a day with Gina and Tamara where they go play pickleball. I
1: can't. Is this the new housewife
0: thing? Can we not? I'm so over pickleball being a thing. Um, Gina's excited to see Tamara. She says, Tamara doesn't make me feel bad if I don't text back. She's like Casper. She's a friendly ghost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm. Adam, Adam, uh, Heather's instructors teaches them how to play pickleball. And there's something about like, okay, you got to hit the ball in like this zone. And like, you want to go like deep in like the kitchen area. And T- Heather goes, Tamara, I'm sure you've taken it deep in the kitchen before. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that was we...
1: close. You should have said deep in the box.
0: Well, I was going to say, Heather, Eddie already said he doesn't do anal. Yeah. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, they, they play a little bit. Um, like I mentioned, Heather has the fucking picnic basket. Um, and so they have like a little lunch. Gina says that, um, (laughs) Gina says that the picnic baskets are the only reason she does sports with Heather. I mean, um, we find out that Gina knows Jen already because she's gone to her yoga studio before on and off. Um, so she knows her a little bit. Uh, Gina says there are things about Jen that I think are a little mysterious, but she has good energy. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And again, we find more about that later. Mm-hmm. Heather asks if she can bring a friend, and she's like, I'm thinking of bringing Shannon. And Tamara goes, oh, my good friend. How is she? <laughs> um, Tamara basically asserts that Shannon ghosted her, and Shannon in her confessional. I did not ghost Tamara. The definition of ghost is completely cutting off communication. And she's like, I have a string of text messages to prove it, but they
1: don't show them. Yeah, that's always
0: suspicious. I feel when like they if you claim, have text, me- have the
1: text messages. Like I should be able to see them. And Shannon, uh, but even when they show them to us, apparently that's not necessarily gospel because they can change in the next episode. Looking at you, Atlanta.
0: Yeah, um, Tamara says that she would call. Uh, she would call and would be sent to voicemail on Shannon. And Shannon goes, "I don't really know how to send it, someone a voicemail. I don't." <laughs> it's like Okay oh god. But then we find out that it's a really personal for Tamara, too, uh, about Shannon sort of ghosting her because Simon, her ex-husband, was diagnosed with cancer at one point. And that Tamara basically was like, she wouldn't respond to my text. And I was literally like bawling sending them, mm. like feeling, you know, alone. And Tamara tells Heather she's a self-centered person who only gives a fuck about herself. Mm. And Heather's like, you know, me and Shannon have been good in recent months. And, and Ch- Heather says, when Shannon and I first met, we got along great, and it just went south. But, um, then, they, but then they cut to last season of the, of the party and all that stuff that happened. It's like, okay, but when you guys first met, like, do you not remember Shannon's first season?
1: Like, you don't remember? You all see the fucking truth and all the sort of stuff with that. I mean, I know that she looks drastically different than she did in that first season now, but, like, come on. She's still the same person.
0: Yeah. It's like I didn't I didn't understand what Heather was getting at there. Heather says that she would say uh, that she should – Tamara should just say her piece, and Gina's like, don't do it for you, for her. Do it for you at the end of the day. Um, Tamara talks about being there for Shannon through all of her tough times, which we did see throughout the seasons. Like, she Shannon really did kind of tr- – Almost trauma dump in a way about like mm-hmm. the David stuff and like all that sort of stuff going on in her life. To where at one point Tamara was literally like fed up with it, that it was yeah. just too much. And Tamara's like, I need, I just needed someone to say, You're gonna be okay, Simon's gonna make it, your kids will be okay. And she, when she wasn't there, it was a deal breaker. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, we go to Jen doing her hot yoga class and she's setting up for everything. Um, she her, Emily introduces herself to her Emily says she's This was a weird comment She's Emily says she, I'm not a yoga person uh, And says you can spot them They're very into the moon and stars And alignments They drive like Outbacks or Subarus or something
1: Okay yoga has nothing to do With being into astrology And it has nothing to do with lesbians I don't understand yeah. <laughs> What's the connection here <laughs> Yeah, you were literally like, I think you're just talking about lesbians. Like because, like, like Subarus. Like everybody knows what Subaru. Like we we know. Yeah. Like we
0: we get it. Heather's sort of briefing Shannon in the car of what to expect. And uh the other girls are joking that Heather's late because Shannon's always late. Yep. Even if Heather's driving, it has to be Shannon has to be late. Um, they all get together. There's a really awkward interaction between Shannon and tamra like it's kind of like they hug but it's not like sort of like really that mm-hmm. you know connected um they go then <laughs> into yoga and then just seeing shannon like struggle like fucking to just keep her balance and it, i was saying it was giving jennifer
1: coolidge doing it was yoga very jennifer Coolidge.
0: there's one point where like she literally tries to get the balance on the her hand thing and then she lifts her hands up and, and the sound effect goes ding <laughs> It was funny. It was really good. And then they then start doing a partner exercise. Uh, whoever Jen's like assistant uh, instructor, like is pairing people up on in, on intuition. And Tamara's like, "Well, don't pair me with Shannon because that means your intuition's off." So, <laughs> but no, they 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 don't. Um, Emily and Tamara kind of have a heart to heart in their session. Emily talks about Tamara's kind of a child with a kind soul, but with a tough exterior. Um, which she, Tamara's talked about that before in the past too. And Tamara apologizes to her for anything that she said or done to her. And Emily reciprocates that. Um, and they want to just set off on a fresh start. And Emily's like, we're both real scrappers and bitches. I mean, so, yeah, yeah they are kind of similar in that regard. Um, They go that the yoga session's done. They go have like a little like light lunch or something like that. We find out that Shannon and John are at three years, and that Shannon's kind of in a feels like she's in a really good place. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so sad this whole season, knowing what happens, with with John and her. It's like,
1: goddamn, it's almost like Scandal all over again, where you're watching the the ship sink.
0: Yeah, Uh. and and especially knowing how hard Shannon takes it. Yeah. It's like it's
1: Well, and there's a moment late I think later maybe where they are talking about how good things are with John and John's like on the screen. I don't yeah. know if the, and like the look on his face, you can almost and maybe I'm reading into it, no, but please it looks do. it looks like he's caught in the headlights, like a deer in the headlights where it's like, "Oh, if I didn't know about this," Would I read that look the same way? Yeah. Would that look telegraph what I know he's about to do? Right.
0: And yeah, Gina also makes a comment to Tamara and them about like it feels like Shannon's just not as wound up as last year. Like it, like you know, she seems calmer. And Tamara goes, "Is she on the pot?" <laughs> Which I mean, we she does microdose, as yeah. we saw. Um, micro or macro? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the day. So then we get more of Jen. Jen's talking with uh, Shannon and I think Emily, and we get a bit more of her backstory now about this divorce. And this, I was like, holy shit balls. Yeah. She talks about her family really loving. Well, so, which kind of now explains why he's still working at the family business. And then she says at one, like she was prepared, like basically like she was prepared to leave. She wasn't happy in the relationship. She was going to leave Oklahoma and, and to come to Orange County. And she says at one point they, that her family was literally flown out to essentially have an intervention with her about leaving him. And she literally says like, my dad literally had, my, had his finger in my face. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what? Yep. How like what is does this guy like shit rainbows? Like in what world do you take this guy, like are you
1: so supportive of this guy over your daughter? It's, it's not the guy. It's the fact that in in yeah. this like super right wing version of Christianity, you do not get divorced period ever end of story yeah and she said like after that she
0: literally contemplated going back because she didn't want to be a disappointment and it's like good god like that's terrible and emily's like i mean and emily is bonding with jen and she literally goes jen is really nice and sweet and then we find out but i did hear from gina that she was not faithful to her husband i'm like okay gina what are you doing like no, no no we're not blaming the woman yeah um you, you were saying like i want to know what the the story is on that because if it was a case of like she
1: couldn't leave and like it's, could like do i think someone that wants to leave and does not feel like it is they are safe to leave a relationship Do I understand getting the things you can't get from that relationship that is toxic somewhere else? Yes, I understand that. Yeah. Do I also question, well, if you didn't feel safe enough to leave, how did you feel safe enough to cheat? Yes. But at the end of the day... I'm going to support the woman in an abusive relationship, period, yeah. end of story. Like, that's how I roll. And I don't and, know the ex-
0: I will say this, I don't know the extent of the abuse.
1: It clearly was abuse enough to, like, if the I parents are on his side. I think it's very much generational abuse yeah. and religious abuse and emotional abuse. I don't know, or has there been any indication there has not been any indication that there was ever physical abuse. Right. But from the way that she talked about it, there was definitely types of abuse. Yeah. Um, and I would go so far as to wager as that it was probably the same types and levels of abuse that Shannon was dealing with with David. Yeah, it feels like it. And it feels like maybe she was able to get out sooner than Shannon was. And maybe they'll be able to bond over that later in the season. I can see that. So
0: so then Emily and Gina pull Tamara aside at one point to sort of like talk about like how she's going to broach talking to Shannon and stuff like that. And they're by like the food table or whatever. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then Shannon like decides she wants to go check out the food or whatever and see what they have. and. So then Shannon then slots in and she's behind them, but none of them see Shannon. I don't
1: know how Emily didn't see her. Yeah. Emily was literally facing her.
0: And they're basically like, you can just got to talk to her, you know, etc. And Gina goes, you know, yeah, she needs to hear that. You know, she needs to hear that you're upset. And Shannon just goes, oh, oh is, is this me? <laughs> and they're all like, uh, and then Shannon, I love Shannon. Just, she does the Shannon laugh. of just like, like, like. <laughs>
1: i love her so much
0: yeah um and they gina and emily are just like bye and leave and gina's like we broke the cardinal rule never talk shit by the food yeah um they start to talk um you know see how and shannon's like is everything going well etc Tamara starts to tear up a little bit and shannon's like don't cry don't cry (laughs) Um, and Tamara talks about like losing her dog and what happened at cut and Shannon's like, oh my God, like, you know, that's, you know, I'm so sorry. And Shannon then starts to tear up too. And it's like, you know, uh, about their issues. And it's like, you know, I'm at a point in my life right now where everything is really good and I don't want to have hardships with people. Um, And then Shannon basically suggests, like, we need to get together at some point and talk. And Tamara says that she would really like that. And then Shannon ends it by going, we have a history, Amiga. And I was like, oh! It's so good. Oh, my heart strings. And then we get the flat the next week flashback of the the lunch and mm-hmm. it appears like it's going to be really intense.
1: Yeah. So and then we get like the this season on OC and we get to see like a lunch with Taylor from yeah. uh Beverly Hills and Vicky's just, showing up at some point. Vicky show What is it that she's screaming? Like when she answers the <laughs> oh, door? Oh, I think
0: she's just screaming. Ah!
1: It was just <laughs> We had forgotten she was coming back for this season, and both of us just went, yeah! I think the season of OC is going to be really good. <laughs> it's going to be so good. And I just, I think there's going to, yes, there's going to be drama, there's going to be cattiness, there's going to be savage reads, all of those things, right? But there's, it's just going to be fun. Also, these dumb bitches got back in ATVs after what happened last time. Yeah. It was like, Girl, you couldn't have paid me enough to get in one of those. Nope, no, thank you. Not on this cast. No, thank you. Absolutely not.
0: But overall, really fun episode of OC, and we're really excited to see uh how it progresses
1: going forward. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about tops and bottoms. Uh we got uh we got Atlanta, we got Jersey, uh, we got OC. What are you thinking, babe?
0: Um, I'll start with my bottom. I'll give it to Teresa. Mm. I'm annoyed with the whole thing. Like, I'm I'm fed up with the whole dynamic. I mean I would almost I would I was constantly giving it to both Teresa and Melissa. Yeah. But like I think Teresa was just so like so wrong on so many arguments it's that it so put her over the edge with the bullshit. Yeah, it's like I just there was no strategy, and there it'd be one thing if even you had a strategy going into this. Yeah, but then when you don't, and it's just bullshit, and it's just catty and annoying, it pisses me off because like there's so much other things we could be doing with this time, and uh, this is just not it. And I'm and I'm kind of getting really sick of it. And either to either either. Teresa's an accomplice to Louis, or she's a naive victim in all this. And either way, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I don't it's, like it either.
0: It's not fun. Um, I'll talk about my top for the week. I think we have the same top. We might. Well, let's say it on three. One,
1: One two, two, three. Tamara. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Tamara uh, is my top. I, so great to see her back. I thought she came back really like, it. there was no like, waiting period. It was very just like right into the action. Um, f- and, but also like not gunning for people immediately. I could see, I was worried she might be a little desperate coming back. Yeah. That she was going to you know need to make her moment like Marlo. This is how you
1: do it. Like you <laughs> take your time. Well, like you see, um, Tamara had been a housewife. Marlo has never been a housewife yeah. until recently,
0: but it's like, I love seeing the lighter moments. I love the funner stuff and the drama and sort of the cattiness and it was weaved really nicely.
1: Yeah, and I
0: think she is the right narrator for the season of OC. That's oh, what I think. One
1: hundred percent. I know your so your top is Tamara. My top is Tamara for very much the same reasons. I feel like she is breathing life back into things after. Um, last season being so frustrating and then the covid season was so bad the week or the year before that right so like i i'm so glad to see her back and i'm just it it felt so it felt like coming home yeah like it felt good um so i i'm here for it i'm i'm excited for what this season um, brings, and um, so when we talk about bottom, um, well, I know you, your bottom had a lot to do with 10 years of bullshit, and so does mine, because mine is Marlo. There you go. Um, <laughs> Marlo has been a friend of on this franchise for 10 fucking years um, before getting her peach, Um, and it's a rotted, nasty, disgusting peach, because... <laughs> She's never been worth whatever they're paying her. Um, she needs to go back to friend of or go away. Yeah. Um, because it's just not good. Like, it's it's hateful. It's spiteful. It's mean-spirited. Um, like, she brings no positivity to the show. Yeah. Like, even when Kenya was the villain for Atlanta, she brought funny moments. She brought, um, you know, Gone with the Wind fabulousness. <laughs> you know, she was twirling up a storm. Yeah. Right? Marlo brings none of that. Like, we have had many villains throughout the years on Atlanta and all of them have had redeeming qualities. This bitch is just making shit up at this point. Right. And I just... After all of the bullshit we've dealt with for the last four different franchises mm. from Bravo, and by that I mean uh, Jersey, Vanderpump, um, uh, what were the other two we mentioned that had been so heavy before as well?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 um. I mean, I would say Beverly Hills. I would Uh, say.
1: Yeah. Beverly Hills has been heavy for a couple seasons now. So, I mean, like, we've had so much dark cloud. Yeah. At this point, I'm just like, I don't even need her to finish the season. Right. Like, I'm good if she just doesn't come back next week. Yeah. I'm good. We don't need her. We just don't. Sheree can be villain enough on her own. I think Sonya can be a good villain sidekick type thing. And we can move that. We can move with that. Next season, honestly, I even wrote down my lineup for next season. (laughs) My lineup, if it was me, we'd have seven. Okay. We'd have Candy, Kenya, Moneta, Sheree, Portia. Yeah. Uh, I always say her name wrong, but. Ava? Eva. Eva. I, I, uh, Eva. And let's get Kim Zolciak back in here. She's got enough drama. She's got enough drama. She's a good villain to have. Her and Sheree could be a good buddy-buddy. I'm done with Sonya. Really, yeah. I don't need her. Um, so that would be my lineup. Get rid of Marlo. Forget she ever had a peach. Yeah. Like, bury that peach off in the ocean somewhere. We don't need it to ever come back. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy.
0: Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms.
1: A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out.
0: This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com.